Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 105, Only the Cold with B-Word. I'm Scatty and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hello, hello. And with us for the first time is our buddy Beth, known to the Kalasar as B-Word, longtime blood rider and friend. How are you doing, Beth? I'm good, I'm good. How about you guys? Doing great. So good. Uh, <laughs> Beth is, you know, I was thinking about this. Beth is like fandom glue. That's what I like about mm. Beth. She's, she is the adhesive for our fandom in many ways. Uh, pink adhesive. We, pink adhesive? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen to the outtakes, guys. You'll get it. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides just being a constant presence on Twitter, you can find her at at B underscore Peterson 85. That's a S E N. Um, she posts all sort of all sorts of fun riddles. We call her the queen of riddles. She calls herself the queen of riddles because she puts out some good freaking riddles and uh, they're a lot of fun. But have you done any recently, B? I have some uh, stored up because we were going to do a panel for Ice and Fire Con. I, I was given the opportunity to do a Riddles panel. And uh, so I've been considering posting them because I don't know what's happening next year happening. yet. So. Yeah. 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 New anyway. record today in the pandemic. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> what does a Riddles panel look like? Is it you kind of giving the riddles and the audience responding to them? Or is it you kind of talking about how you formulate the riddles? What does that look like? Uh it was going to be more like a trivia idea. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Really, SCAD was going to be on it helping me out. Um, but yeah, it was more just see how many people come in and try and maybe form groups of people to answer them, giving them oh, awesome. a Jeopardy clock of how long they could answer. Yeah, with like team, they're like divided into teams and have like their own team names mm -hmm. and stuff. Just Their like own trivia. team names. Oh, that was like what cool. I was the most excited for, team names. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Something with yeah. Willis Tyrell would have been mine, but. <laughs> What's your band? Ragged Jenna. <laughs> Ragged Jenna, yes. Uh, B is also a moderator of a very big Facebook group. I see multiple posts on it per day, I feel like. Uh, the Song of Ice and Fire book club, over 3,000 members. So a lot of big things that she does in the fandom. But to us, she's the queen beyond the wall because she is up north uh, and a very dear friend. Yes, she brought us Smarties to Ice and Fire Con last year. It was <laughs> and ketchup chips. Ketchup chips, mm -hmm. yep. yes. Oh my gosh. And wine gums. The oh, wine gums were the best thing. I miss them so much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, wine gums? I don't remember that. Did you bring us wine gums? I brought wine gums, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe you... Matt hoarded them all and didn't share them with you, because I think I gave them to him. To the only way Matt consumes alcohol is when he's... when he. There's not actually accidental. wine in them. Okay. They're like gummy bears. No, there's... Okay. Yeah, they're like gummy bears. I probably yeah. did eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now that I know there's not wine good. in them, then, you know, I'm not as concerned. Beth, should we call you Beth today? Be, what do you want to go by whatever. today? Beth, B, B, whatever. All right. I call you B whatever. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I also call Brooke B sometimes, so it's a little confusing uh, when I reference her. But um, all right, we're going to do some announcements real quick. We'll dive into those, uh, and then we'll we'll jump into getting to know Beth a little bit more before we dive into a chapter summary. Uh, we kicked this series off uh, of Meet the Kalasar, is what we're calling it, with Misa, our Queen of Gifts and Beauty, in episode one hundred and four. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's. Uh, 
it's made us very excited for the series as a whole. Uh, we love spending some time with Misa and uh, are really excited to spend some time with Beth. And who's next could be you uh, out there listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, it could be you. We're having a blast with it so far. So, Yeah, it's so much fun to get to know everybody. But, Scat, I really liked the What Ifisodes. Me too, man. Me too. Ugh. Well, guess what? If you liked them, we did too. So much so we're going to continue doing What Ifisodes through our Patreon program. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, we have a whole new Patreon release schedule coming up where we're doing different episodes every month. Um, that's right. The Fingers actually have a plan. We actually like <laughs> wrote things down and put things on a calendar. Uh, really, I don't know that I've ever put one of our episodes on like a calendar of mine for five years. Nope. I that's don't think, pretty believable. I, I don't think we ever have. We don't do that. No. <laughs> uh, but they're there. Um, so you can check it all out at uh, patreon.com slash Davos fingers. We are going to be doing our films get fingered series. We'll be, uh, reading and analyzing the, uh, I am Mercury series by our friend Grant, Grant Piercy episode one on that is already up on Patreon and it's free to everybody. So even if you're not a patron, you can go there and check it out. Uh, fantastic series. We'll be doing what episodes and, and more. So Check it out, faux show. In fact, we've got a what episode coming up uh, in just a couple weeks, right, Scatty? Yeah, that's right. This time we're going with what if Barrick had won the trial by battle underneath the Hollow Hill. It's going to be a fun one. It's it's interesting because it's it's a much more limited scope, I think, than some yeah. of the what episodes we've had. So it'll be a very directed conversation, I feel like, instead of sprawling. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, if you're interested in, in the what episodes, check that out. We had somebody today that I don't think has ever contacted us before on Twitter. Come Lizzie, to us, yeah. Lizzie, Hi, Lizzie. Talk, talking about uh, the Wood episodes. But uh, yeah, super excited to do that. Uh, any other announcements, Matt, you got on the front of your of your lobe there? No. All right. Well, then we'll just jump right into it. We are tonight, Callus are going to stick mostly to the chapter that Beth has, has, has requested. Uh, but we do, we do wander our fingers what? explore explore cavities wherever what? we choose uh always Beth's eyes just rolled <laughs> always, always always with consent we only explore different cavities with consent um but uh but but we're, but we're any spoilers because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wander all over the place i'm sure yeah this isn't your mother's davos fingers um well maybe eh. Could be. If you listen, Kalisar, okay. do we really know what our mother's Davos fingers was really like? They hide those things. Do you? I mean, do like you really want to know what your mother's Davos fingers was really like? I don't. Nope. Nope. Hard oh. pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> we lost. We lost both uh, Alex Trebek and Sean Connery uh, since our last oh, episode. We did. Oh. Anytime we're talking about mothers, uh, <clears throat> you know. Your mother's Davos fingers were exploring, Trebek. <laughs> something, something. Watch the sound your mother made last night. Uh, I'll take famous titties for 500, Alex. That's famous titles. Isn't it, isn't it sad that the these are the things we're using to quote two legends in their Not fields? even the real, yeah. Right, that's not even really them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did we even talk on the cast about Eddie Van Halen? I talked about him on Twitter, but... Lost Van Halen too. Oh man, rough year, rough, Indeed. rough. 
yep. you know what makes it better for us? Talking to you all. Mm. So find us. Make our day better, please. We're relying on you. Davosfingers.com. Our email address is wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. Twitter, where we always hang out, is at davosfingers. Uh, we're also on Facebook and, as mentioned before, patreon.com slash davosfingers if you'd like to check that out. All right, wayward son. Um, we are going to, right now, get to know Beth a little bit. Uh, Beth, who are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you do? What drives you? You mentioned, uh, I, I, I want to hear what drives you, but I'm also curious because you mentioned a career change. Is that something you want to talk about? It's not that interesting. No, the no then. It, but it's pretty boring. Let's, let's go <laughs> yeah. straight into what drives I only you. Want, I only want interest. The interesting <laughs> things. Well, and I am the wrong guest for you Whatever. to have. <laughs> One of our all-time favorites. <laughs> I mean, real not, quick, first of all, Beth, I'm, I still remember the first time you contacted us. I think it was Facebook. I don't remember. F- no, it might have been an email. Um no, it wasn't an email. I don't email. It wasn't an email. It would have been either Twitter or Facebook. It was one of those two. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm curious to see what you say because I, I remember the first time I contacted you. And I you. definitely don't know. So you, I'm just coming clean. You go for it. It's the only way I come. <laughs> um, you took. Well, I rem. I don't remember exactly what was said because it's been four or five years. Something probably four years. Probably I would guess Ish. four. Maybe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. And she took these little. This like little moments to like compliment all three of us individually. And I remember it just like completely made my day or that's the one that I remember. But it was, uh, it was right when you guys announced that Brooke was leaving. Yes. Yes. And so I, I just, I, Justin said to me when I was like, Oh my, the podcast I listened to the girl's leaving the Canadian. And he's like, Oh, are you going to stop listening? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And then, I saw you guys put like Reddit the Facebook post again, and I was like, "No, like I think they can do it." And I just wanted you guys to know that I thought you could do it. Mm. And then so, here, and here you are. You did it. I think it was stuff like that that helped us because I remember feeling pretty, pretty sad there for a while. So, yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a dicey bit. Um, coming up, I think on three years ago. Uh, yeah. Here this year, I think. So, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe it's four hard to keep track but um yes. yeah for sure that was a, that was a difficult time for us in, in choosing to go forward or not and matt and i had some you know some communication about whether we would or not and there was definitely there was definitely some feedback from from people that were listening that helped i think but yeah sure. you know in the end i think matt and i both had a sense of like we just we want to complete this and yeah we're having fun yeah. That too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what my life would be like if I had to give it up. <laughs> I looked at yeah. my wife tonight I and I'm like, that. we've been doing this for six years. And she's like, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you done yet? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> no. Not to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I almost choked. Uh, I almost choked. That's also, what she, what she said. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Back to I feel like this is anyways, about us already. Anyways, so so yeah, it's been but it's been a long time and it's been a lot of fun. We were finally able to meet um, not this last summer, but summer 2019, right? Uh, at Ice and Fire Con. So spring, yeah. Yep. Yeah, spring. spring. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yep. We did. Yep. That was fun. Fun. So so Anyways, sad that what, what, I'm I'm gonna ask the question again. What drives you? What mm-hmm. what do you what gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you, besides I know it's kids, so you can just say that. But yeah, I was gonna is say, there something else? <laughs> Obviously, it's my three year old's feet on the floor. Me trying to figure out what she's gotten into. So yeah, cute. Um, so cute. Yeah. I know, Tr- little troublemaker um, that one. She is yes. Um, for the podcast, I've decided to call them my oldest Thor, who is a, a girl. They're both girls, and then my youngest Loki, for the sake of the podcast. Oh, okay. lovely, Thor and lovely. Loki. Mm-hmm. What's Thor uh, and Loki. what's your husband's yeah. name? What are we gonna call him? Oh, what are we gonna call him? Mando. Uh, Mando. Mando. Yeah. That works. Just, I like it. Just Justin. Just Justin. <laughs> he can just be Justin. <laughs> he can just be Justin. <laughs> Yeah, my mom is also visiting right now. Um, she lives in a different province than me, so that's like been my light through some of this stuff is having her here. She just recently, and she's only here for a couple more weeks. But oh, that's great. It's been nice. I don't see her very much, so that's oh, great. Nice. Man, mm-hmm. we had a mom daughter day today. Times of the pandemic, it's for, I mean for us anyway, we're hardly seeing anybody, and right? any time, yeah. any time with family should just be kind of treasured at this point. Looking at yes. Thanksgivings, which I know you guys already had up, up north, but Thanksgivings mm-hmm. and Christmases that uh, may not be able to even really see family in the same way. I know. So yeah, treasure those moments. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad she's with you. Great. Yeah, not just for like a weekend visit, but she's like staying, staying yeah. for a while. Well, yeah, because she lives. She lives in Newfoundland, so a weekend visit doesn't make any sense. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. For our American friends, provinces in Canada are like states. (laughs) It would be like, I'm trying to think of, I don't even, I don't know the states across the top of this. I was trying to think of like a comparison of like, it'd be like Boston to somewhere, but I don't know. Ohio, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. That's a long way. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Something like that. Sure. Let's, let's dive into some of Song of Ice and Fire. What, who's your favorite character? In Song of Ice and Fire. Okay. And I will even allow you to delve down into other materials like Duncan Egg and stuff. Um, I am a big picture person. So telling me to like pick a favorite or asking me to, to pick a favorite character or pick a favorite chapter is like, I can't, it's like picking a piece of a puzzle and saying, that one's the prettiest piece. It's my favorite. Like, <laughs> I don't think that way. So, um... My favorite character to read, I wouldn't say I like them as like all the time or whatever, but my favorite characters to read are Arya because I think I just love her wild little heart. Mm-hmm. And I like Jamie to read because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's witty and you don't really always know what he's going to do next. That's true. Um, unless you've read the book six times like we have, so we always know what he's going to do next. Wow. Um, and, and Stannis, somehow I find him hysterical. <laughs> he's funny i'll agree yeah. with the hysterical part. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely. the one that started that rumor stannis is yeah. funny i'm like what All right. he is funny he uh, is funny look at i think when you're she's a holding subtle. up a thing that says what would stannis baratheon do it's my journal i he think he would grind his up. teeth and he would grind his teeth <laughs> i think when you're a lot like him you find him less humorous and thus I don't find him that funny. <laughs> 
It's like, You're like, wait a second. Is everyone laughing at me right now? <laughs> I actually think that's why I do find him funny is because I probably am the same way, but I can see the humor mm. when it's him and not when it's me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can laugh at yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of important, what, a, what about like a minor character, B-word? Yeah. Like... Okay, well, you guys put me in this position, so I have I to it. take this moment. Say I it. have to. Say it. Kalazar, guys, she's not my favorite, but I need to talk about Reyna Targaryen. There it is. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to. I thought you. I thought you were gonna go with uh, with Miranda. I was excited. Mm, I do like Miranda Royce, but like Reyna Targaryen needs some uh, some uh, Davos fingers positivity. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to take a moment and wax eloquent about Reyna? Tell us. I do a little. Tell Is that okay? Tell, tell yeah. us. Tell us yeah, in, do it. in one Get it minute. Get on the Davos Fingers airways. In one minute. Tell us in one yeah. minute okay. why we were so wrong about Reyna Targaryen. So the thing with Reyna Targaryen is, okay, none of George's characters are perfect. And obviously, if you're going to expect them to be in every way, then it's not going to be an interesting series. But Except for Reyna Willis. Reyna made a lot. Except Willis. Willis. Sure, sure. I have one minute, Scott. Don't interrupt sorry, me. Sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Zing. Yeah, so none, yeah, time's up. None of them are perfect, and Reyna had a lot of faults. But the thing with Reyna is, if you, I believe, if you took her out of a even either her first marriage or or b just out of Westeros altogether, mm-hmm. she, I don't think she would have chosen to have children. Mm-hmm. I think that was something that she conformed into, and she was just expected to as being raised, believing you're going to be the queen and you need to have children for the sake of your line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also don't believe that she would have married a male at all. So everything I think that mm-hmm. she went horribly wrong for her is because she was forced to conform into being this person that she never would have been if she wasn't in the world she was in. Yeah, yeah. that's really tragic. I, I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you. I don't disagree with you. I don't either. I think also in our defense, I think we 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 did give we did we did give some of that in our coverage of her earlier. I think I, th- I think we did. We did allow for some of that. For me, ugh, man, I I always go back to my friend. I'll call him Felipe, who um, I don't know. I don't know why that's funny. Uh, he just because I picked the name so quickly and seemingly so randomly. It's just usually maybe, it's like David or John or yeah. Joe. And like maybe Felipe. that's his real name, Matt. And I couldn't come up with a fake name, so I used a real one and pretending that it was fake. Uh, in, in which, you know, he he has all of the... I, I had this conversation with my mom who, you know, she she's always... My mom has a huge bleeding heart. She's a lovely woman with nothing but care for everyone. Um, and she had pity on this, this guy, Felipe, for the longest time. And eventually I had to say, Mom, look, eventually it's up to his decisions. And so I agree with you, Beth. She was... I don't know if abuse is the right word, but she was basically controlled. Well, when she was with Magor, it was definitely for, for sure. Before that. For everyone, <laughs> but let's be honest, everyone yeah. that was within Everybody five feet around of Magor, Magor was abused. Was abused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, yeah, anyway. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think she was dealt a bad hand. She was controlled and forced into roles that she would not have chosen for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you. At some point, though, she was still making some decisions that were pretty bad. And... Absolutely, and, of course. But I'm with you. I, I think I, I think she's a sympathetic character to a degree, for sure. 
I agree as well. And uh, I think I think it's okay to recognize that. And I think it's okay to recognize that her actions had negative consequences on other people too. Um, and yeah, I think it's still okay absolutely. to be sympathetic to her while being sympathetic to those that she affected as well. So yeah. um, <laughs> thank you for bringing her back up though. I think it does bring some balance <laughs> to the Davos fingers force to make sure that- Really? Because I'm pretty sure Raina you rolled your eyes real hard when I said Raina Targaryen. No, we, <laughs> we smiled. <laughs> I was ex- I was excited to hear you dive into it. I was expecting Miranda Royce as well, but it's like as soon as that Raina came out of your mouth, I was like, oh, of course, yeah, oh, this of course is it. Is. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, you're you're better than me because I was like, I was like, oh shit, I gotta remember who this is. Uh, yeah. I, I but re- I'm just to be clear, I'm not a big Targaryen. I'm not a huge Targaryen fan. Like I wouldn't. She's not my let's say favorite, favorite character. character. I just feel like I needed to careful. The, I needed to get that out. The Danny Mafia will come after you yeah. if you uh, indicate yeah. that you're not a big Targaryen fan. I know. Yeah, it happened to me. Vic, victim. Let's one. not talk. Let's not talk about Danny tonight. <laughs> Yeah, this is basically this episode is not about Danny. This is a Dannyless episode. We could have gone this the whole episode, episode without even mentioning her, but thanks a lot, Skid. But I had to talk about Raina Targaryen. <laughs> I'm just glad you brought her up because I feel I feel like the the fire and blood stuff is so undercovered, and oh, I love it. It's so much, it's though. so good, and mm-hmm. you know George is you know George. He's old and he's not. He doesn't have a million novels left in him, but. I would have loved to read those novels and in a Song of Ice and Fire style uh, rather than it. I, I love them as they are too, but man, those the, some of those characters really, I would have really loved to hear their voices. And, and Rayan is for sure one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we talked mentioned that a couple of times in the coverage of Fire and Blood of how cool it would be to have actual POVs. And yeah. And how different the story would be, right? 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 Especially through the dance, like with... You know, he said Aegon this and Rhaenyra this and the kids and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. having their story would add so much yes, more to it. For sure. Yep. 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 Yeah. 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 Definitely. <clears throat> um, Scad, you have an interesting question about uh, <laughs> words. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I did keep yours in there, too. I guess we'll do that one later. I still no, we was... talked about it kind of already. So my question was, what is your sunshine? What in your life brings you joy? And I feel like you kind of answered that already with your family and kids and mom and, and all everything. Right, all so. right. mm-hmm. uh, I steal this one from James Lipton, uh, which when I was pretending to be an actor, like a real one, uh, I used to watch Inside the Actor's Studio a lot. And he, don't shake your head at me. Don't. I was nodding. No, it was Matt. <laughs> well, you said oh, you were okay. pretending to be an actor and I... Just not down with your self-deprecation today. So uh. you're always down, and so is the Kalasar with my self-deprecation. You know what? It went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the way he puts it is, "What is your favorite curse word?" And that's such a good question because it's such a fun one to answer. Yeah. Because um, I think I don't think there's anybody out there who doesn't appreciate a good, well-timed fuck. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 A good, well-timed fuck is what most of us are looking for. Uh, <clears throat> what chapter did you choose, and why did you choose it? Uh, I chose John's last chapter. Um, last so far. <laughs> you can't do this to last the fandom. So far. Okay. Last so far. Because I know George's secret writings <laughs> to know gone. if there's more. He's gone, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Just He's give gone. up on it. That's it. He's dead. The next ones will be ghosts, and that'll be that. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Yes, I chose John's last chapter. And that was tough. Again, I talked about me being a bigger picture person. You should see us, me and Justin having a fight because like, I'm like, okay, let's just stop this. Let's, let's look at the bigger back. picture. What do you need out of this? Because I'm not the in this argument anymore. Level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no. Uh, shut it down. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it was either that, that one or um, Arya's Ghost of High Heart chapter mm. was my other one that I really wanted to do. But I picked this one because... I feel like a lot of those earlier chapters have been picked apart, but also resolved, mm. I guess. Like, the story has, has told where they were going to go. And this one, we don't have a resolution yet. So it gives us more to talk about. I to feel speculate like. on. To chew on, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, got, we got plenty. Uh-oh. Daddy's <laughs> excited. <laughs> All right. Well, sh- shall we dive into it? Shall we go with the chapter summary? Let's do it, man. And just... Uh, May we point out. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. Well, just chapter summary brought to you by Beth. Beth wrote this. And, mm-hmm. uh, super happy to have her contribution. Um, so I have far less practice, so it'll be nice to me. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful chapter it's, it's great. It's going to be great. Yep. Um, okay. John has dire news from Hardhome. Dead things in the woods, dead things in the water. He looks to Queen Selyse for some compassion. He does not find any, no less than John had expected. The Queen wishes him luck. Just kidding. She hopes he dies and is replaced with a Lord Commander who is more prudent. The Queen wants to show off a man she has declared the true King of the Wildlings, showing her unfamiliarity of the customs of the Free Folk, and shares her plans of proposed marriages between her men and the daughters of this new King of the Wildlings, as well as a marriage for the Wildling Princess Val to her knight Sir Patrick. After being declined permission to speak freely, John takes his leave. Boy, does he ever. And he meets Lady Melisandre on the stairs. And she wonders where Ghost is and warns John that his plan for Hardhome is folly. They will not return. John reminds Melisandre that she's been wrong before, citing a gray girl on a dying horse. Alice Karstark. Daggers in the dark. Spoiler alert. A promised prince born of salt and smoke. Is it really, John? He wonders where Stannis, Mance, and his sister are. Uh, She tells him to look to the skies for answers. And when he finds them, to come and see her. John leaves her more than a little annoyed. Ugh, riddles in the dark, man. After a brief talk with Leathers uh, about the hard home ranging, John heads to his own quarters. He learns Ghost, his beautiful, lovely, fluffy direwolf is not himself today he's pacing baring his teeth and it's not just ghost that's acting a little a little weird mormont's raven is just as agitated john calls on bowen marsh and alpha yorwick 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 they arrive and complain about the unreliability of the free folk john has been trying to get the men to work together to rebuild the forts along the wall they simply do not like being surrounded by wildlings. The distrust runs deep. John shares the news of Hardhome with his Night's Watch brothers, and they feel the same as the Queen. Disappointed, John sends them on their way and remembers the men who had been instrumental to his own growth within the Watch. Maester Eamon's wisdom, Samuel Tarley's learning, Corin Halfhand's courage, the old bear's stubborn strength, and Donal Noy's compassion. Yeah, a real all-star team there. Uh, Snow is falling hard outside. John remembers he has some men, dead and living, in the ice cells, and they need to move the living men out before they freeze, including John's prisoner, Cregan Karstark. 
Remember him? He's an old creeper. He'd taken to howling in the night and throwing frozen poop at his guards. <laughs> Beth put feces, but I changed it to poop. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say poop. Yeah, well, <laughs> just to show that you're a little more mature than I am. Um, <laughs> the dead men, however, that are in the ice cells are still dead, and they're going to be left in those cells, bound with iron chains. Also, Tormund and his legendary member have returned to Castle Black. He and John are about to start making plans when a letter arrives. That letter is addressed bastard with a smear of hard pink wax. It reads, your false king is dead, bastard. He and all his host were smashed in seven days of battle. I have his magic sword. Tell his red whore. Your false king's friends are dead, their heads upon the walls of Winterfell. Come see them, bastard. Your false king lied, and so did you. You told the world you burned the king beyond the wall. Instead, you sent him to Winterfell to steal my bride from me. I will have my bride back. If you want Mance Raider back, come and get him. I have him in a cage for all the north to see, proof of your lies. The cage is cold, but I have made him a warm cloak from the skins of the six whores who came with him to Winterfell. I want my bride back. I want the false king's queen. I want his daughter and his red witch. I want his wildling princess. I want his little prince, the wildling babe. And I want my reek. Send them to me, bastard, and I will not trouble you or your black crows. Keep them from me, and I will cut out your bastard's heart and eat it. It was signed, Ramsay Bolton, Trueborn Lord of Winterfell. Whoa. John dismisses everybody who's with him, save Tormund, and they discuss the situation in private. John believes the letter to be real and remembers Melisandre's warning, look to the skies, and when you have your answers, send to me. John also thinks of his family, the Starks of Winterfell, his half-siblings, his sister Arya. I want my bride back. John decides it's time to kill the boy and let the man be born. He gathers his brothers in the shield hall to announce his plans for the coming days. Tormund and his member is to lead a ranging of both Free Folk and Night's Watch brothers to relieve those stranded at Hardholm, the original plan John was going to take, while John himself is to ride south. He reads them in the letter, and it is pandemonium in the shield hall. The Night's Watch takes no part in the Wars of the Seven Kingdoms, John reminded them, but still, as Lord Commander and half-Stark, he's going to go himself. He won't ask his brothers to forswear their vows unless anyone wants to join him. The men are on their feet in support of John. It seems to be all free folk men, but John either doesn't seem to notice or doesn't care. He has his army and he is coming for Ramsay Bolton. Yes. He takes his leave, realizing he probably should have spoken with Selyse first to inform her that, you know, her husband had died. Uh, so he goes to do that, and on his way, he's distracted by utter chaos in the yard. You thought there was pandemonium in the shield hall. Step outside and reckon, realize that the giant one one has hold of the queen's knight, the aforementioned Sir Patrick, the one she'd chosen to wed Val, and this giant is holding Patrick like a rag doll and smashing him over and over against a tower with blood and bone flying everywhere. John tries to de-escalate the situation when he sees a glint of steel. Wick, put that knife. His throat is slashed. 
Why? For the watch. John disarms him and Wick backs away. John can't get Longclaw free from its scabbard. His fingers are fingers clumsy. For the watch. He is stabbed in the belly by a teary Bowen Marsh. Ghost, John whispers as he removes the dagger from his smoking wound. A third day... <laughs> Sorry. A third dagger stabs between the shoulder blades and he falls face first into the snow. He doesn't feel the fourth knife, only the cold. Bye, John. Bye. We're going to analyze the shit out of this chapter, but we're going to start first <laughs> with a thank to our Kalisar. Uh, those on Patreon that are supporting us, we'll do some quick thank yous. Uh, we're going to start at the dirty cab driver level. New edition, the heir of House Tyrell. I think that's our boy Willis. Mm, yep, should be. Uh, we've also got Katrina L. We got Mr. J, the red shirt in black. Yep, and Cat Spearborn. The Bard of Legends, Aaron M. Gib. Ghost Chase Killer. Bobby S, MD. Indeed. <laughs> On our better days, Jeff H. And of course, Lady Fatass Red. And at the reach around level, who do we have? Me! <laughs> <laughs> yes! We have Beaver, so our queen beyond the wall at the reach around level. And, and Matt, who do we have at the Queen John level? Uh, our aforementioned Misa, the queen of gifts and beauty. Thank you all for your support, uh, for your support, Thank and you. everyone that supports us at all the various levels. Thank you so much. Uh, Love y'all. We love what we do. We love you guys. Okay. Let's talk about okay. this hard home trip. <laughs> sure. Uh, does it make sense, or is this the worst idea in the history of bad ideas? Well, um, you know, I hate Solis as much as the next guy, uh, but she's not wrong, and neither is Mel. I mean, this this journey seems... It seems pretty it seems pretty bleak um and and i understand you know in, in a in a perfect world you would absolutely go and do everything you can to rescue these people um they're in a war against uh a potentially extinction level event with the others and they need all the help they can get to succeed so it's 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 not an open and shut case to me i get why they are reticent to send and to commit these resources and send all these men but at the same time man the just the apathy of the entitled right and i, I just i go sorry. ahead i disagree i think that john sending if he doesn't try and rescue them all they're going to be is more fodder for the army of the dead so they're just going to come against him anyway right. so it's better to get as many people out because that's less people to face later. I mean, that's just practically speaking. That's not even empathy speaking, right? Just this this is hundreds of people who will be fighting us if we don't get them out of here. Yeah, they could become our enemies, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then again, if things are going as bad as they are, and John kind of outlines it, you know, they've got dead people in the woods, according to uh, Cotter. you got dead people in the water. You've got terrible storms. You've got snow everywhere. Um, even if they get too hard home and get the people and start bringing them back, it's going to be slow going because they've got to bring all this food and they'll have thousands of people that they're trying to march down in all of the aforementioned, 
dangerous scenarios to get them back to at least East Watch by the Sea. And it's like, man, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem quite as simple. It's like you got to get them out because they're going to become your enemies, like you said, Beth. Um, But then again, if all the rescuers die too, then all of a sudden you got a blue-eyed Jon Snow out there fighting the Night's Watch or a blue-eyed Tormund Giant's Bane and as well. And so, yeah, it's a tricky situation. But then I, you know, I go back to uh, Davos and what's the life of one boy or what's the quote? It's everything, right? So Mother Mole matters. Those kids at Hard Home matter. Um, these people all matter. Speaking of going back to Davos, though, it reminded me of him going into Storm's End and saving Stannis' army. He didn't really have anything to gain from it necessarily. Yeah. Obviously, he has from that decision, but it's, you know, it was dire circumstances and he went in and did it. Good so, point. John, super similar. I think this is something we've talked about before with John and um, something I think we've talked about with, with Daenerys as well is that um, he's the type of person you want in charge. I'm glad it's him making this choice and not me because he's not looking at the X's and O's. He's looking at the humanitarian component, right? At some point, And I hate to draw real world examples. No, I don't. I do it all the time. Um, but you need someone at the helm that's going to think of the people and the humanitarian component to, to, to the decisions that are being made. These aren't numbers. They're people. And, that's where John's heart goes and his head follows. And you can see that in John's leadership style in general. And, you know, Solis is saying, they're children, they're women, they can't help my husband in his wars. Right. The equivalent Assets. of the equivalent of kids in cages that won't vote for, vote for anyone in 15 years uh, that have the power <laughs> to remove the kids from cages. Um, I can't help myself, Matt. I have to, I have to do it. I can't. I just let you do it. I just let you do it. I, I so, don't disagree with you, buddy. You know this. It's, I know you don't. I don't mean to imply you do. Uh, I just, it, it's, you, you need someone in charge with a heart. And John has that, and we should all be thankful that he's in charge here. And the bear had it too. I don't mean to imply mm-hmm. he didn't. Um, I think uh, the part where John gets himself into a little bit of trouble is um, because his heart is so in the right place and it is so set on this is the thing that needs to be done, that he has a difficult time putting himself in the shoes of people like Bowen Marsh. Definitely. And recognizing that just because you see it this way, John, doesn't mean that someone like Bowen Marsh is going to see it this way. I felt so strongly for Bowen Marsh, and I'll probably bring him up more times in this chapter, more than I've ever felt for him before. Um, Just as I started thinking about what the guy's been through, like, for example, uh, he talked, you talk about his, his scar that he got at the bridge of skulls fighting the weeper, right? And his hand always goes to his scar. And I was like, come on, man, you're remember the night's watch. This is your bread and butter to fight wildlings. And I realized, no, Bowen Marsh is a steward. Like, he was trained at arms and stuff, but he's not, you know, core and half-hand going out there and fighting wildlings all the time. Him going to the Bridge of Skulls and fighting those wildlings attacking was probably a very traumatic experience for him. Like, this was this could have been his first real experience in a really pitched battle like that. Um, 
And so not only that, but the the free folk have been the enemies of the Night's Watch for thousands of years. And now it's like you are letting all these people past the wall and you want to feed them and you want to go save them and put our lives in danger now to go get them. Um, And, and we might be a little at odds because I feel like that's like an old boys club answer. Like, well, this is just what's been done. So we're just going to keep doing it because I have this old prejudice. I totally agree with you, Beth. I'm not saying that Bowen's right for thinking this way. What I am saying is John needs to take a step back and put himself in Bowen's shoes and go, okay, how can I present this to Bowen in a way that will help him understand what he's Absolutely. just trying to do is just hit him with it, hit him with it. Yes. Hit, and if I punch him hard enough, he's eventually going to get it. And it's like, no, sit down, put yourself in his shoes and go, okay, how can I tell Bowen this in a way that's going to help him understand? Maybe I tell him, like you said, Beth, these guys are going to be our enemies. They're going to turn into whites and they're going to come after us. I don't really know. You know, later John says this was pointless, fruitless, hopeless. Um, maybe there is no other way to talk to these guys. Maybe they would never get it. I don't know. But uh, I wonder how it would go if if it was Donald Noy that he was talking to instead of Bowen Marsh. I wonder if question. Donald Noy would if it would still that distrust would still run that deep or if he would be able to see it from John's perspective. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I think I'm with you both to some degree, but the relationship between John and, and members of the watch that are frankly prejudiced against uh, the free folk uh, and, and they're prejudiced against the free folk because they've been conditioned to be so. I mean, we've seen again, not to get too political, but we've seen what can happen in a, a handful of years uh, as messaging reaches you and you get conditioned to believe certain things and you can be led to believe lots of crazy stuff. And they believe for sure that these are, frankly, less than human. And John is tired of it. And, and Matt, you said he keeps mm-hmm. beating them, just beating them with it. I think he's given up. He goes through the motions and he, you know, explains the matters and tries to get them to agree. But in the end, like you said, he goes with fruitless, hopeless. He's given yeah. up on on convincing or teaching these men. Instead, he's just relying on, I'm in charge. They're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's his position. Yep, I agree with that. And so he's yeah. not trying that hard anymore. I'm not sure how hard he ever really tried, but he, but he's not trying at all anymore for sure. Mm-hmm. And so you can under, I'm not saying it's right, but you can understand why people feel, well, you can understand why people feel that they're being dismissed and that this guy's yep. crazy. He's not listening to me at all about these concerns. And, and it's a complete 180 from what they were used to, even with the old bear. Totally. I mean, he also lost track and saw the wildlings as the threat, right? Yes, definitely. And I mean, that's that's what it, it boils down to way. is two guys feeling like they're not being listened to. <laughs> John yes. feels like he's not being listened to. Bowen feels like he's not being listened to. And John honestly believes he's fulfilling the purpose of the Night's Watch. And I agree with him, which is to protect the realms of men. He is doing that. But guess what? I think Bowen Marsh also feels that he's fulfilling the, the purpose of the Night's Watch, too. And yeah. It's tricky. Tricky. Yeah. It's tricky to rock a rhyme. It's funny. Uh, I, um, I have been, li- I, for reasons I won't disclose, I was listening to our first episode uh, in the last week or so. And in that episode, we talk about the threat of the others and, um, you know, why, why it doesn't seem 
it's not at the forefront of people's minds and 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 people like Bowen Marsh are so focused on wildlings instead of others and it really does feel like they've lost touch with what the mission of the night's watch is they've turned they've turned it into a regional war with other humans and that's not the point at all boredom boredom <laughs> well you 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 put you put thousands of people in a place and 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 don't let them have families and careers and jobs and motivations, they have to focus on something. They have to create an enemy or a, a, a purpose out of their purpose. lives. Yeah. Almost and, for themselves psychologically, yeah, right? To, to get up in yeah. the morning. And so the others disappear for 8,000 years. So guess what? Other humans become the target. And so it's understandable. Absolutely. It's not right, but it's understandable. And, and John kind mm-hmm. of, because he has the experience he has, he dismisses it and, not everybody got to climb the wall with Jarl, you know? They don't have they don't have this bond with the wildlings that you do. And you need to Absolutely. You, they don't see the humanity in exactly. them. They only see the discourse. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's different and what's different to them, right? That's I think a big thing with the the guys on the night's watch is like this is such a savage custom. It's so not what we do. Yeah. <laughs> but right? <laughs> Well, but obviously, as they march, but that's that's how they think. I know, right? As but they, you know, sneak anyway, down to or whatever. But yeah, you know, many, many, yeah. It's easy to uh, see yourself as a knight in shining armor when you're looking through a skewed mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. Well said. You, you, you well can't said. you can't just rule people with impunity and just expect them to follow. You have to take them in. You have to get their opinions. You have to make them feel heard. I mean. These are people that believe in the believe in the, the evil of the wild of of the free folk of the wildlings as they call them. They believe in pig armies. At one point, somebody says somebody's awful. In this conspiracy <laughs> theory of a pig army. Oh my attacking. god! I mean, they believe in all sorts of things. Uh, you know, they believe you shouldn't count votes after the third. You you have to like teach them. <laughs> you have to teach them things. You can't just you can't just rule over them. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there does get to a point, I agree with you, Scad, where you, it mentions in John's previous chapters leading up to this one how just tired he is. And I think we talked about that when we were covering these chapters in, in the podcast of John's just wasted. He's so tired. He's mm-hmm. got so much on his plate. And there does get to a point, to your point, Scad, where you're just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm the boss, and that's why you're doing it. We do that as parents, right, guys? Like all three of us. There gets to a point where you're just like, I am dad. That's why you are going to bed right now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. He says that in the chapter. I think he says, like, you know, every I try and come to these guys and talk to them, and every time it's like a a waste of time because it's always the same. Yep. It it talks about how he can predict what they're going to say now and stuff. He he knows what they're going to say before they say it. They they have a thousands-year-old custom problem. A custom problem, sorry, culture problem. Mm-hmm. They they've been thinking the enemy is the wrong thing for thousands of years, and it has been passed down through their training for thousands of years. And so you can't you can't change that overnight. But you've got to do more than just talk to two of them at meetings occasionally and expect them to come around. You have to have a, a big meaningful conversation with the whole group and explain why it's not the way they think it is. And that never happens. It never happens no. in the series where John's like, hey, guys, this is the real threat. It never happens. He's got his PowerPoint presentation up and 
<laughs> Listen, bag on it all you like. They're effective. You get those animations scrolling across. It, it works, man. Uh, what, yep. do you guys, what do you guys think of Solise? In general. I don't have a lot to say on Solise. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Maybe yeah. my scat fashion isn't isn't too shocking. I just I don't care about her at all. And, no, not in the slightest. And I, I don't even mean I don't like her. Like that's not really even what I mean. I just mean like no. yep. I don't think she has any bearing on the story. She's getting her cues from Melisander anyway. E- even in this chapter, the things that she wants just get basically overruled, right? She she doesn't want John yeah. to go, and John's like, well, I'm going anyway. Right. And then she, you know, she's trying to set up these marriages or, or get Val or whatever. Those things don't happen. Like she's just a non person to me in this series. Yep. I agree. Mm. I, I like just so little to say. Like she's just there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They should leave her mustache yeah. alone, though. I, yeah. Give the girl <laughs> a break. Um, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a mini commentary on that whole trappings of power that, mm you know, having the title and everything doesn't necessarily give you any sort of power. And mm-hmm. that's the least to a T for the reasons you explained. So, uh, B, you were going to say something? I was going to ask what you guys think the dead things in the water are. Mm. Uh, I was starting to think leftovers from the disaster at hard home that have then been whited. I wonder if, um, enough of their remains had been preserved in the cold water that they could be turned into whites to come back and attack. Uh, that was my initial thought. Yeah. My initial, my have... initial thought was Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have an, I don't have anything more grandiose than that. Um, I suppose it could. I know. I've wondered. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. No, I just, I suppose it could be actual just dead bodies from, you know, from people dying on the, on the wreckage. But now I imagine it's something more sinister than that. Um, I wondered if, if they were like under the spell and if they were like an army waiting to stop anybody who would come and save the people at Hardhome. What kind of spell? Like corpses in the water to be re- like uh, White Walker stuff, right? Lo- to be oh. reanimated and mm. stop the boats from coming. But I've, I, uh, I'm in, um, Radio Westeros has like a discord for their Patreons and they asked this question. So I stole it. Um, but uh, Lady Gwen and Yoke Boy were like, maybe it's like Krakens and stuff that are like dead and come to the surface and they might get reanimated. And Ooh, like the like, reanimated bear at the Fist mm. of the First Men, yeah. right? Oh, that could yeah. be fun. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was like this mm-hmm. rotted away tentacles and stuff. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, I, I love the way they think. Uh you know, they don't say dead people in the water. They say dead things. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. Uh, I never thought of it that way. Neither had I. As well as in the woods. Those dead beautiful things minds. in the woods, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's good stuff. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be it would be kind of cruel, though, if the first Kraken we got to meet was a <laughs> dead, a dead one. one. <laughs> maybe it won't be the first. Maybe it depends won't. on many things. <laughs> Many things. Many things. There's something happened at Old Town, I think, Scad, isn't there? We might see some Krakens there. Don't tease me. Don't don't, don't do that. <laughs> if we're gonna see a Kraken, I think it's gonna be at Old Town. Really? That's my expectation. Yeah, I do, yeah. 
feels it feels like they should be in colder waters to me. Oh, we'll see. Well, I don't know. I think we'll at see. Fire and Blood, it was we'll all see. Sunset Sea stuff is where they were seeing Krakens before they mentioned hmm. that they'd seen Krakens there. So I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I've always had, when I think of Krakens, I always think up to the the eastern side of of the north. Like that's where, where Ib, close, like, it, or, yeah, or Skagos and stuff. Skagos and stuff. I don't know why, and even north of Skagos, um, up, that's where I think of them. But I don't know why I have them. Even Varys, I think, says Krakens at some point to. to is it Tommen or Cersei? Yeah, or that that, no, it could spotted. be that they've been spotted. I don't remember yeah, where he so, says they were spotted though. Does he say no? Where? But I feel like would he really have spies that far north? Uh, I mean, it's Varys. But birds fly everywhere that's a whole nother conversation it's true yeah um hmm. how about uh how about john completely disregarding his wolf again i know poor john jeez <sighs> i feel like he did that like out of like spite to melisandre to be like i don't i don't need him i feel like you know she's warned bring keep your wolf keep your wolf and he's like lady i am good i don't need him Mm -hmm. i don't trust you i don't show you i'll show you yeah (laughs) it's like that kid like oh yeah you want me to do it this way (laughs) i'm gonna show you i more just mean like you know when you're watching a horror film and you can (laughs) see because it's you know you're not the character walking you know walking in the door by themselves or whatever you know you're like no like you see John dealing with this wolf that is not normally behaving this way. And you see the Raven behaving this way. And this is a phrase we used frequently. The wolves know things like Stark kids need to listen to them. And mm-hmm. he's just, he just dismisses it. Like, ah, oh, well I'm busy. I'm, you know, I'm, I gotta go be King now. And bigger things to worry about, yeah. I guess. But like, don't they, you would think, think that as skin changers they would be more in tune to like there is something amiss here right yeah yep. i think he's just preoccupied yeah. he's just got so many other things on the go he's like yeah that's fair i've been this there being weird but yeah you miss what's right in front of you because yeah i thought that too is like if if ghost is acting this way and john has been inside of this animal that came out completely wrong john has <laughs> skin changed into ghost (laughs) he's got this you know he's got this connection with him yeah if you're noticing that he's biting the guards standing at the door and stuff like that doesn't that give you pause and of course we've got the um we've got barack or whatever his name is baroque baroque i hate to call him barack because i respect the man but baroque um baroque sure because he broke who kind of feels like it's kind of it, it's it's he George is purposefully misleading us by throwing the whole boar thing in there and everything. It's almost kind of like, okay, George, you brought this guy up twenty times. It's a uh, big shotgun on that wall, right? Yeah, I yeah. I've got an idea for yeah. when we get to later topics, but maybe you do too. Um, but yeah, it kind of felt like a Disney movie. Ghost is trying to warn yeah. him. The Raven's trying to warn him. The mm-hmm. animals are on John's side trying to help him out. But that, teenage, John, but that teenager's going to make that mistake. <laughs> going to go to that party with that with that boy. Cinderella, don't. 
Oh, go. <laughs> so there you go. Listeners, listen to your puppies. <laughs> right? Honestly, it's the biggest lesson to take from this series. Listen to your animals. Right. They have, right. They have instincts. They Sometimes do. they literally talk to you. Yeah. Well, and, and um, I know Mormont's Raven says corn, corn, corn all the time, but it almost kind of comes off as I, I just, I read Game of Thrones not too long ago. And the way that the Raven alerted John to the white attacking the old bear was by mm-hmm. saying corn, 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 corn. And it's almost, I haven't gone back and analyzed every time he said corn. And there is a whole corn theory out there that I could have. tried to read through it's like five parts long though on reddit it's well researched and way too long to hold my attention uh but it it appears that corn could be kind of like a listen up type thing or like a warning almost or just like perk your ears up john pay attention to what's going on um and john like you said preoccupied or whatever just decides nah i gotta go talk to these guys in the shield hall sorry i think he also says snow and dead yeah in that chapter too. So I mean, if I'm going to listen to any of the words that are coming out of the raven's mouth, it's probably not going to be corn. It's going to be snow, snow and dead. And dead. You think he says girls at some <laughs> point too? Just like girls, <laughs> girls, girls. What? Uh, one thing that I picked up on this time that I don't think I've mentioned in previous discussions about this is I like how John continues to talk to Egret in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like, like an Obi Wan, kind of kind of Obi Waning it, mm-hmm. like she's there to like talk to. It's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. Sweet. She was kind of his. Um, I'm not. I don't know what the right word is, but like his. I guess his mentor to like the wilding way of life in a way, right? Yeah. Like he was just an observer, and she was like the translator. Yeah. Of it a bit, a, a bit like a, a bit like a muse too. I, mean, I was gonna um, say she's kind of his muse in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was through her that his eyes were opened yeah. to this whole yes. plight and to the whole humanity behind the free folk. And yeah. um, she was kind of the catalyst for all of that. So word up. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he still kind of clings to her, you know, in those moments of I understand now and it's because of you. And so, yeah, he's kind of clinging to her. Um, it is really sweet. I like that description of it. She's sweet. It's sweet. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know what's not sweet is Garrett King's blood. I was just about to bring him up. Talk about guys who I've just like completely forgotten about. Like I didn't even remember right. this dude. Like, oh, that that's Cregan Stark for me. I'm like Cree or Cregan Karstark. Sorry, Cree. I'm like Cregan Karstark. Who the fuck is this guy? I had to go like look him up again. I forgot. Because he throws mm-hmm. frozen poop at you. Yes. Yeah. I included. I included the frozen poop. You can edit this out if you want to. But I included the frozen poop because. My husband is a correctional officer and he might, that was like a nod to him because he might, may or may not deal with not frozen poop sometimes. So that was my little nod. That was my nod. And your husband, at least to me, is so happy and positive and jovial and kind. (laughs) He has the best laugh in the whole world. I agree. When he's not at work, he is all those things. And Uh, sometimes when he comes home from work, we have different conversations right yeah it's I mean, hard to turn that up my dad was in law enforcement for almost 40 years right. and yeah it, it takes a special person who can kind of flip that switch when they come home and be dad and be husband and be friend and everything but yeah yeah it's wild but anyways it is. yeah anyway 
Anyway. So yes, Cregan. Nice nod to your husband then. The poop throwing. That's why that's there. (laughs) That's your your part, Justin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All about the poop. (laughs) Yeah, but the guy, he's just a mannequin, basically. Even when Celise brings him in, she's like, bring in whoever. And And he poses. He walks walks the carpet. Yeah, he doesn't say a single word. Yeah. And that's Uh, it. his, His ship has come in. Right? Like, it's like, this is the day I've been waiting for. You and know? he's like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to mess this up. I'm yeah. going to shut up. I'm going to yeah. do whatever she says. <laughs> like, he knows it's all bullshit, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure he floated the idea. He's like, hey, you know, I got some I got some I blood in kids. me from back. And they're like, really? You have blood? He's like, yes. Yes, I do. Ever heard of the legend of yeah, I mean, Redbeard? He's totally playing it up and taking advantage. Good for him, I guess. But like. He's brought he, in it. He also knows how useless he really is to her. He's just trying to... Do you think he does? I mean, he well, he knows that the wildlings aren't going to follow him, but the free folk don't care about him. I'm sure he's made this pitch to free folk in tents over the years. Like, hey, I'm this guy. And they're like, fuck off, dude. Like, they're going to say the same thing when <laughs> I've heard that them. song. I've yeah. heard the Red Raven song. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I know you. I, I, yeah, I feel like he knows he's useless. He's just using this to get whatever he can in the moment. Uh, even at the, even at you know, selling his daughters off. I think, if I remember right, three of them. Yes, two yeah. or three of them. Three. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Three, I think. I mean, any is too many to throw yourself up there. I mean, Talk maybe about not. diving I mean, into get... Westeros Lord culture. I was yeah. gonna say, here we go with daughters in Westeros. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but you also talking about, you know, you see what they're doing. You see what Selyse is doing too. Here, uh, Jon Snow had just married Alice Karstark to um, Sigorn. Sigorn. Yep. Uh huh. And so now Jon, in her mind, has this northern ally with free folk ties, oh. and so. Here she is going like, well, I got to have my guy too. Mm. Uh, You, come here. uh, Marry these people. And, oh, see, I've got allies now too. I've got people. The Game of Thrones. So it's this little mini Westeros marriage competition. It kind of is. To create allies. And I think it's because they recognize uh, there's a lot of free folk here. These are a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, it's a numbers game. But but in the end, like... She needs to listen to Tywin. Any man who says I am king is no king at all, right? I mean, like, Garrick Kingsblood is, is not an infant. He's been around for a long time, and he did not become king because nobody buys it. Like, you're not going to make him one, yep. right? You know, if all the characters had the information about all the other characters that we have, it would be a very different story. <laughs> if only they had the wiki no, but... of Ice and Fire. To she, doesn't, right? she doesn't need the wiki. She can look and be like, they chose Mance Raider over you. Your King's Blood doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Like... But also, if it wasn't Mance, it would have been Torment. And if it wasn't Torment, it would have been... Anybody you know, else. Like, he's way yeah, down yeah, the exactly. list. Yeah. Like, dog's head. Yes, they would rather yeah. follow yeah. the dog's head. They'd probably yeah. rather follow a dog. Yeah. <laughs> This guy is he's, yeah. he's not a king. They would follow Ghost before you, yeah. probably. What has you guys got for this section? I had a question about iron. Really? I noticed this is the first time I read this through, and um, the whites in the cells don't rise, which I thought was weird, and we can talk about that more. But I wondered if it was... I The Starks have that custom of placing the iron yes. sword across their lap. Yeah. 
in the crypts across the Lord's laps, and um, these dead men were wearing iron shackles, and I wondered if it was possible that iron yeah. is something against the others. Yeah, iron has an interesting place in fantasy and, and lore. Um, in Dungeons and Dragons, it does. In uh, King Color Chronicles, it does. Just in, in general mm-hmm. fantasy, uh, the Fae are somewhat um, weak to it. It's 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 a you know it's 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 a weakness for them, uh, and so yeah maybe maybe there's something maybe there's something to that 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 the the iron itself um, you know has an effect on them um, it, it provo- you know is, is some sort of barrier or some sort of ward against them almost like if you want to think of mm-hmm. like Dracula with a cross that kind of thing um, yeah yeah. It's definitely something that's pervasive in 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 fantasy. That's interesting. Looking at it from that big high level perspective across fantasy, old Nan mentions to Bran that uh, the others hated iron. It's, oh, it's old so Nan. I totally forgot about that one too. It's yeah, she Nan, knows but, everything. Yeah. What's going to be crazy is that she actually does like everything she said was true. I I legitimately think she does know everything. <laughs> <laughs> All the answers are right in those early chapters she coming out of old man's mouth. <laughs> yeah. She knows nothing now. But we don't know where so. she is. Yeah, but so are you saying, B, that you would have thought that those um, those dead guys in the cell would have risen by now, perhaps, if they hadn't been shackled? Yeah, I think so. I think so, because the others, unless they were, I don't know, like this is big magic speculation, and of course magic is so who knows, but I think about the others that they brought beyond the wall in the early chapters, the one that attacked Lord Commander, mm-hmm. and yeah, their eyes were already blue. I can't remember if the corpse's eyes were blue or not. Or, Do you remember were, these ones? Yeah. In the old chapter or in this one? In the old chapter. Because I know in the... In the old one. Yeah, yeah, in that one I know they were. So obviously they were already, let's say, touched by the oh. magic of the White Walker before they came through. But were these ones... Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Do we know, right? I was going to ask you guys that as I was kind of reading through and I read that. You put you you put that question in the outline for us to consider, B. And I was trying to remember, and I could have looked this up beforehand. Do we know, like, the process by which the others turn someone into a white i know george even knows that (laughs) they don't like to have to physically touch them it feels like no because it said that their power radiates somehow yeah because like like jack frost on the wind shit yeah yeah it's like when tor (laughs) tormund's son died tor wind i think it was Mm -hmm. um he said that he like froze in the snow or something one night he died one night and then he just woke up a white and mm-hmm. and Tormund, of course, had to kill him, which is so heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, I, I was wondering, like, what has to happen? Like, what's the process? But, uh, I, yeah. it, I don't know. But I wondered if the, uh, another reason to, like, shut down my theory that they maybe not wouldn't have changed is maybe the magic in the wall stopped them from changing. But it didn't stop the other one. So, right. yeah, you know, Othar. Othar was his name. And it didn't stop him. So I'm. Other and Jafer, was it? Or was that the first? Yeah, Jafer Flowers. flowers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I feel like probably there is some magic in the wall that's keeping those things from happening. But, um, and and Matt, your question about how it works. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost an ethereal, like, 
if their presence is there, it will happen. Yeah. It's a little what's, weird. What's like their radius? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't work their in blast radius. radius. You're safe if you're 50 feet and one foot away. Yeah, social distancing <laughs> from others. Yes. Right. It's not, it's not circular. Wear audio. your mask no, and you'll be fine. There's no radius. It's, it's, it's square. And so it's just a, you know, oh, I see. an area. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. But, no, I, I like the idea, though, of iron being kind of this mystical property. Um, you know, it's ancient and goes back a long ways. And, you know, that'd be interesting to see. I like the connection you made of the iron swords sitting across the laps of the Starks down in the crypts. That's really interesting and in tying that to the chain. So really cool thought. Yeah. I'd love and, to see and, if something's there. And whether literally it means anything in the crypts, like maybe spirits aren't really going to rise. But it speaks to the the suspicions they have, their the stories purpose. they have the about yeah. uh, the superstitions that they have in their culture that trace back centuries of the power iron holds, right? And the fact that that Hodor has an iron sword that he took with him, um, you know, is is interesting. And the fact that we know that regular weapons aren't harmful, uh, we know that dragon steel is, uh, or or, or uh, um, obsidian. obsidian, thank obsidian, you, Jesus. Glass, yeah. Obsidian is maybe also iron has more effect. We don't know that, but maybe. Or equal, or equal nothing else. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, let's <laughs> let's get to know this friend of ours a little more. I'm tired. Can um, we do it like some other time? Well, yes, definitely. I, the one thing <laughs> it's I not that interesting. <laughs> the one thing I just want to make sure that we make clear is Beth, for as cool as she is and as excellent a person as she is, she might have the worst taste in food of anyone oh, on this planet. <laughs> Let me just take a bite of my Hawaiian pizza for you to see a big. Oh, she did. She totally just took a bite of that garbage. She's, she's Canadian. Poor taste in food just comes from the territory, right? <laughs> Tell Justin to get his drinking game ready, right? Yeah. All those gags. Because I just gagged. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> like seven right. times. <laughs> no, she actually has much more refined taste than I do. I, I'm such a simpleton. I like, Me too. Yeah. Nothing on my steak, just the meat. <laughs> you know. You do not. You actually like season the steak, though, because like... Yes. Yeah. Yes. I put like rubs on my. Yeah. But then like afterwards. You, you rub it. You rub that meat I hard. I rub it. Mm. And mm -hmm. then I let it sit and soak important. for a little while. Sweat. Yeah. You let the meat yeah. sweat. Mm. My, uh, I, I don't know what we're talking about. Mine never sweats. <laughs> no. You actually let it dehydrate. You let the salt do its work and you let the meat There's dehydrate. There's no salt involved when I'm. I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> If there's no salt involved in either of these conversations, oh, you're doing it okay. wrong. <laughs> so, Beth, I want to know how all of this started for you. What's your A Song of Ice and Fire story? Mm. Um, okay. So, Justin Justin watched it or read the books just before the series came out. Um, he had We were at a wedding in New Jersey, and I was in the wedding party, and he wasn't... I'm well aware. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, um, I had Danino's, so that's a shout out for Anthony. Um, we had Danino's that week that I was in New oh, Jersey. Nice. I was actually on Staten Island and Bleach. the wedding. They're from Staten Island. 
and and yeah anyway the wedding was in new jersey because it's cheaper anyway so he was not <laughs> in the wedding party so he was at the hotel uh watching like hbo previews and stuff like that um and the, he just kept seeing this thing about game of thrones game of thrones game of thrones and one of the other guys who was in the wedding but obviously was a dude and had nothing to do all day um they went out for a run and uh, like a beer run or something and He's like, there was, so they started talking about this Game of Thrones show. So Justin started reading the books and um, I had zero interest because I've never read anything fantasy apart from Harry Potter. Um, and then later, like years later, like none of that ever happened in my mind. I didn't remember it at all. We watched a show called Spartacus. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was like a really interesting show right it was like sexy and bloody and gory but it was also like really thought-provoking and everything and that ended and there was of course like a gaping hole in my life and i was like okay like if i could handle the sex and the gore in this then i can probably handle that game of thrones thing you talk about (laughs) as long as it's not creepy Hmm. and justin's like oh no it's not creepy it's not creepy at all episode one so the first episode starts <laughs> and this opening scene hits and there's this chick with these creepy blue eyes and i like hit pause and i don't remember if i called him at work or if i t- usually i don't call him at work, but i feel like i had this actual conversation and i was like you said this wasn't creepy and he was like it's not it's literally like just that like two minute scene and then it's over and it's not creepy i promise yeah. so true. i was like okay well we're new enough in this relationship that'll trust you um so i did and yeah, and that was that. And then, so that was just as season three wrapped up, I think. Mm. And then I read the books because I had to know what happened next. And I remember sitting on the couch one day and I'm reading and Justin's giving our oldest daughter a bath. She was like a baby. And I was sitting there and reading. It was the scene where Ned and Robert are, they ride off from the party as they're traveling yeah. to King's Landing. Robert proposes that they ride off for good. Yeah, do their own thing, yeah. And I was like, and they're talking about John's mother. Mm -hmm. And I I remember saying, like, I put the book down for a second, and I, I, like, shouted to Justin, and I was like, what if John's mom is Lyanna? Oh, wow. (laughs) Spoiler! Of course you did. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert. And it gets quiet And Justin's like, huh, yeah, could be. And then I found Alt Shift, Alt Shift X's video on RLJ, and that was that was me down the rabbit hole. Like that was it. And, you were, wow. and then it was all consuming. You were My soul was consumed. Yeah, that's a great story. I haven't heard that from you before. No, or I maybe I had, really and I was too drunk at Ice and Firecon to remember it. <laughs> but I don't remember hearing that from you it's before. Long. Uh, part of it surprises me. I, I didn't. I wouldn't have taken you for somebody that would have been turned off by sex and gore. A uh, gore. Gore, not, not sex. sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some scenes in the Spartacus shows that are sex um, and gore. Very sex off-putting, like they're horrendous. Yeah. But there's that in, well, there's yeah. That in but Game yeah, Thrones too. Yes, but and I didn't a know song that. Of ice then. And fire. Yeah, big time in a song of ice and fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to talk about the show that much, but that was my gateway. Yeah, into that's it. how it is for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that though that, yeah. that that you're you know you were in it I mean I don't know what where that chapter is it's probably 10 or 12 chapters in but but your mm-hmm. your your real moment where you're like this is me this is my thing Harry Potter be damned this is now my yeah. thing was yeah. was a specific moment in the literature I love that 
It's great. And yeah, it was. And it's I a like moment riddles, you can right? identify. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Yeah, that's I, true. I'm envious. Yeah. It was what a, yeah, it was funny how funny those little life changing things are. Like you don't really realize that's a moment that you're gonna remember forever. But the fandom has made it that I remember that moment forever. Not because it was anything different on the, you know, Tuesday at eight o'clock, right? Like Right. Well tell us about your experience then in the fandom. <laughs> like what's that like for you? Probably the same as it's like for everybody. I mean, this is like the best fandom there is. We have uh, the group that you mentioned earlier, um, and we're super selective. Um, <laughs> sounds super snobby, but like we don't because it's a book only group, and and that is super important to to us um, and Cheryl. The she was the creator of the group. Um, we have as SCAD is one of them, we have people who have read the books who have never watched the show and they don't want the comparison. Um, and that's a hard line sometimes to keep. I'm so militant uh, about it. I'm like one of the enforcers that come in. I'm like, Hey, I love it up. though. Cheryl loves it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we, and we are, we're pretty like delete that comment and do it again. And you're out of here. Like moon door, you're done. Um, yeah, the and yeah, I think <laughs> he's the bouncer. No, yeah, no, he's like before you, like... Before, kind of before you speak to management, you can speak to me. That's good. I've only done it like two or three times. Let's not get sure. too excessive. Seven. Anyway, is it? Is there a tally? The scab board? No, I know there's no tally. The but maybe I'll start one. Maybe I'll start the book club headquarters. <laughs> yes, right. Because here's so all yeah. of us actually. Go ahead. All of us chat every day. We have a group chat. We chat every day oh, about every cool. different, not just not just games, oh. but we talk about everything. So I'm envious. Of I that found chat. them. That's great. It's it's amazing. Um, I was added to the chat about four years ago. Yeah, because my youngest hadn't. I was pregnant with her, and yeah, I mean that was that was life changing for me. Like that was just yeah, Loki. Yeah, my little Loki. Um, yeah, that was like a big life changing thing for me with with the fandom and being able to like take theories here and chat with them first, and then we you know coordinate sometimes on what goes in the group, and then of course we have the um, um, tourneys that I do with character profiles and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, what about mm-hmm. it? Like, I'm really interested in that, and disc- I know like you said the experience is similar for a lot of people, but I'm still interested in your side of it. What makes it so life-changing, this idea of being friends with a bunch of people that you probably would have never met otherwise? Well, I think that sums it up, doesn't it? It's a group of people I never would have met otherwise, so it just totally changed my life. (laughs) I'm so good. I should be an interviewer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Twitter, of course. Like, I found radio westeros like six years ago Mm -hmm. um and now like here we like they have this discord and we i mean not just twitter twitter as well before they had the but and not a cast as well they have all these but you can talk to these people who you idolized every day so easily and it kind of blows your mind right it's like they're kind of our little celebrities you guys do in a way right Mm -hmm. and you don't think of yourselves that way you're shaking your head but it's true it's like i don't know it's just kind of crazy crazy fandom and it's amazing and it's a supportive overall a very supportive and wonderful group of people and we're really lucky we are really lucky yeah. yeah we are i mean to have to have people in the fandom like like aziz and lg and, and yoke and 
Beefish and they're just they're Chloe all all those people. I mean, they're just so approachable. They're not, you know. I mean, it it is a weird thing because the internet as a technology and podcasts as a medium and YouTube as well. It's it's provided an opportunity for regular regular Joes to be heard and and to to through their blood and tears and love, you know, create something that 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 people can. That, that don't have maybe the time or, you know, the ability to, 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 to put it out there, to, to create these, these mediums and, and connections and connections. And that's what it, well, that's what it results in is connection. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just people <laughs> and, and, you know, Matt and I are, you know, obviously no different. I mean, we're, we're just, we're just people that friends, not, we weren't even friends when it started, frankly. And, and, you know, we became friends. That's crazy. And, you know, we were on our way to becoming friends. We were friendly. Obviously. We We were friendly. We made the, I, my own story, my personal story is that I did the podcast so that I could be friends with you and Brooke. Right. That's, that's my story. That's my personal story. And so, you know, there, celebrity is such a strange concept, but podcasts and, and the internet allow for, pocket celebrities fuck pocket uh celebrities and you know not that i think we are but we're all just together and some of us record our thoughts and some of us just listen to the thoughts but we're all together some of us write our thoughts and we're all just together and i love it i love our fandom so much i love it too i love it too yeah it's a crazy, creative, supportive place that you just don't even, you wouldn't even know that that corner of Twitter exists. It can be such a weird place. And you find this little pocket. Doesn't it make you wonder whether the pockets exist that you don't know about? I'm sure there's what gazillions out of them. There? Yeah. 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 There's none like us. There's only us. Oh. Mm-hmm. There are no men like me, only me. That's a, exactly. that's, that's a Jamie Lannister for you. Yeah. Speaking of other pockets, though, you're kind of a Harry Potter fan, too. Uh, That's a big pocket. Yeah. Do you have a series that rules your heart, though? Well, it doesn't it doesn't help the Harry Potter cause that J.K. Rowling (laughs) is not a good person. It's been been a bad couple of years. It's been a bad couple of years. Uh, However, I will say the actors of that series have done so much to try and stop her damage right like you mean the actors really in the step movies? Up. but the, yeah they do like yeah dan radcliffe line. and yeah. emma watson mm-hmm. they really do like this might be her view but if you really felt harry potter meant something to you then it still does like don't let that take this away from you yeah. exactly i think dan radcliffe has like stepped in and said that but i mean obviously a song of ice and fire is my like harry potter left a void for me that i feel like a song of ice and fire filled hmm what do you mean left the void? The holes. Like you finished the series and like needed something Yeah, else. and then I was like, yeah, like I finished the series and it was like, oh, well now I'm sad I read it like 16 times because <laughs> there was nothing that I really connected to the same. I also found Harry Potter at a really hard time in my life. Like we all have that. Yeah. And it really, really got me through that. So I'll always be thankful for that. But uh, yeah, Song of Ice and Fire is stepped in. And because now George never Potter's finishes finished, it, he never leaves then us Then we'll with always a void. have it. It's like, right. yeah, the, well, it's kind of like an ever-present void that's slowly being filled. Right. Yeah. 
Nah, but I feel that. It will be filled with fan theory. What is right. <laughs> this one will be filled with fan theory. Like one, like a, a show that really, that my wife and I, my wife and I don't have similar like media interests at all. <laughs> she, we just, we can't find shows that we agree on nothing. And it's not like bad. It's just, that's the way we are. Um, but mm-hmm. one show that we got, that we could both just sit and laugh and feel good at watching was the Cosby show. Wow. Right? Oh, okay. And That's hard. we, we loved the Cosby show when, and this was year? all the stuff. When was this? So this would have been when we were first married. So <laughs> okay. like 2006, 2007 before yeah. all the stuff came out. Wow. That's what I was asking. But we went mm-hmm. and bought like, we have all the seasons on DVD. And then as our kids have gotten older, they've started watching them too and they love it. And so like what you're saying with Harry Potter, it's, it's really difficult to separate my feelings for this show, which is actually a very sweet, Strong, has some very sweet, like family memories for us of yeah. not watching Bill Cosby per se, but watching Heathcliff Huxtable and Claire Huxtable and their children. Um, and the laughter that we've had in our home because of them, it's, it's an interesting concept trying to, separate that from obviously the vile repugnant things that bill cosby did so. yeah for yes. me that's michael jackson yeah. right this is music oh, that i grew God, up with yeah. that i identify with that i love in my soul and that is and and frankly the it's a it's a little touch and go like what what's actually even the legacy is at this point but mm-hmm. um yeah, that, that's for me. It's like I have to separate that. And uh, a, a common, a common, a common comparison in the fandom is is with Lovecraft, which George references so frequently. And and there's a show actually I haven't watched it, but I've heard I've heard good things. Lovecraft Country, um, you know, with with what kind of person he was and the views he held, and yet the literature he created and trying to separate those things. And you know, can you separate the artist from the art? And it's hard sometimes because you wouldn't have one without the other. But when you, no. when you do try to distill it down to what does it mean to you, right. that that's something that you can keep and hold on to. It meant this to me. Yes. It has nothing to do with anything else. Right? That's it's yeah, important. That's where I am with Harry Potter. That's exactly. where you are. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you've been able to. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, see? That's why I like talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk theories? What's your favorite unproven theory? It can be tinfoil or something that's mostly maybe expected to be true. What do you think? I'm not good at this. You don't don't love theories? uh, No, no, I love theories, but it's like there's so many and it's like, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I'm bad at picking favorites. Listen, Um, they don't know if you're a It's man's Rhaegar. You just, all you have to do is pick one and say it's your favorite. They don't know. (laughs) It's man's man's Rhaegar. Man's Rhaegar, yay. (laughs) However, I don't believe Team John. I'm sorry. Okay. That's I don't fine. know if we believe Team yeah. John. Wasn't we that Patreon did, yeah. episode we kind of talked ourselves out of it towards the end of the episode? <laughs> yeah. I, think we were, I think we were just honest about it. I mean, the, there's... These are the things, but it's not very likely that these things are going to yeah, be things. Right. So, yeah. Honestly, that's the best way to go, I think. I mean, eh, anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I, I have like a silly theory. Okay. It's not... Well, it's not silly. Like, it's not goofy. But I have this theory that... Um, um Fagon's war will be paid for with Blackfire coin. Hmm. 
I don't, and you, that you like don't spell it out for me. What do you mean? So okay, so you know in the last Duncan Egg story, I never read it. How Dunk? No, I know you don't know nothing about it. But Dunk is paid with a Blackfire coin yeah. at the beginning of yeah. it, um, okay. and. I feel like that's sort of inserted there for a reason. A lot of the coins and the money, um, George has a thing with minting money. It's it's throughout the books. But I believe that, I think that Illyrio has a big stash of Blackfire money. And I think he's going to use that to pay for Aegon's war. Hmm. <laughs> and then that'll be kind of like the stepstone into the fact that, oh, nope, he's not a Targaryen. Why, can I, can I just poke a little bit? Like, why do you think, yeah, why do absolutely. you think that? I think, well, I reread Duncan Egg, and I, like, that just, did, like, I feel like that's, all of the Duncan Egg stories to me are there for a reason to the bigger story. Me too. I think that of a Clues, lot of the, yeah. the prequels, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I just feel like that money has to come back, and if anyone's going to have it, it's going to be Illyrio. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's just my little, that's my little goofy theory. I like I it. I can see why he'd have that. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it. I like it too. It's interesting. Like, what what is a Blackfire coin worth? I mean, I guess you can melt it down well, and make it into jewelry or something. But yeah, it's well, it's still, it's still gold, metal. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still gold, right? Element. A dragon is still a yeah. dragon. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So cool. I like that theory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you heard it here first, or I don't know. Maybe you've <laughs> yeah. put it out there on Facebook yeah, you, before. You Only on the Nauta Slack. I mentioned it okay. once in there. All right. So you heard it here yeah. second. That's how we do things here. Second. Yep. That's okay. But publicly, this is first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you about something that's, I don't know if you'll have a whole lot to say, but I think we've even heard it in this episode a little bit, uh, about referring to those that live beyond the wall as free folk and not wildlings and mm -hmm. the struggle around that. Is it a... in, your, in your original summary of this chapter... You said it's racism about the way the Night's Watch was treating the free folk. And yeah, I mean, That's I think I'm that brilliant. the term wildling. Yeah, well, the term wildling, I think, essentially is derogatory, yes. right? I mean, it's there yeah, to. Absolutely. It has clear derogatory tones, overtones. So whether it's racist or classist or whatever, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely derogatory. So that's why I, I go free folk. Well, we can at least <laughs> say it's meant to elicit an emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. They're wild. It's meant to make it's, you believe something. Yes. Yeah. About right? them. Yeah. Yeah. Demonize yes. them. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Or at least dehumanize them. or minimize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a struggle, but that's just how I take it. I like it. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I think, I think this is the last one on the list. We can talk about a lot more, okay. but will there be three heads of the dragon and who are they? Um, they were Aegon and Visenya and Rainies. Well played. <laughs> and back to the chapter. Note to self, <laughs> revise this question. I don't know. We had a little chat about this in in the Nauta Slack as well. I'm name dropping a lot, I guess. But They're great. It's fine. Um, they are. They're great. Hmm? They So they talked about Tyrion Targaryen and whether or not that was going to come to anything. And then, of course, because it's them we talked about the quintin theory mm -hmm. um poor quintin and uh they talked so it was like if if the quintin if quintin isn't dead and he did succeed in in killing a dragon then what would be the relevance in Tyrion targaryen so 
if if Tyrion Targaryen is legit, this is back to the theories thing, I guess, is legitimate, then he has to have a dragon. So if that's the case, the three heads of the dragon are Tyrion, Daenerys, and Jon. Mm-hmm. So, there. But really, it's Aegon, Visenya, and Rhaenys. <laughs> Uh, OG forever. I like that answer. Um, That's mine too. It's what Tyrion, John, and Danny. Yeah, yeah. And then Bran skin changes a dragon. I think so too. A lot of people don't, but I think so too. Yeah. What do you mean? And then you mean and subsequently, or in, in addition to, and also. So, so you think there are four heads to the dragon? No, I think he's in them. Tyrion, Danny, and John are yeah. riding the dragons. And Bran's hanging Bran. out in the brains. Yeah. You think you're in control, but I am in control. Mm-hmm. Or a rider dies and Bran controls it. That would be cool. There you go. That'd be cool. That would I just cool. I don't think it's gonna happen at all. I don't I don't know why, and I don't really want to go into it too deeply, but I just I kinda don't think it's gonna come up. Really? I feel like it has to. Like John's going to stay dead. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, John's going to stay I, dead. It, uh, just, totally. just, RLJ just means nothing at all. And try to imagine John. Willa's really the mom. <laughs> no, not that. Come on. I just seriously, Sorry. with your brains and as well as you know as as well as you know these books, close your eyes and really try to think about John mounting a dragon. It's going to happen, Scott. I don't buy it. I don't see it. I, I just his brain doesn't work that way. He'll be like, I'm not. It's I'm not happen. getting on the dragon. That's like saying he's not going to war ghosts because his brain doesn't work that way. It already does. He's he will. It'll it'll happen. He'll be a changed I, man. I will make a. He, I will I make a bet I, right now with you. The first bet ever on Davos. Films. I will bet you five Canadian Ten dollars. American dollars. <laughs> what is that? How does that work out? I'm staying out of it's this. It's probably about equal. <laughs> I just don't see it. I can't see John riding a dragon. I just don't think it's in him. I don't think that's what he wants. It's just not how he how he rolls. I don't see it. Two drinks at Ice and Firecon says he will. I mean, ride I'll buy the two drinks for I, I, think, I mean, uh, fine, but that's not the okay. point. <laughs> he is a man who's compelled by by duty and doing what he feels like he needs to do and stuff, and it may come to that point. So, yeah, I think something's going to come up where he won't. He'll just have to. And John is, uh, if he comes back, if he's not all dead. Um, which he is. Yeah, which he is. So it's, this it's is all mood. mood. But it's all mood. Um, but he's going to, this could be a fire is a big thing against those whites. So if he's going to, he might just hop on a dragon because that dragon can help defeat this army. Yeah. yeah. W- wouldn't it be great if the first chapter of Winds of Winter was just, it was a John chapter. It was just like, he lay there. Just kidding. He lay there dead. Period, period, period. He still lay and, there. Period, period, period. And they, they buried even go him so far three as days like later. Bur- and, they burned and that him was it. Because they, be they can't get him blue. Yeah. Him. It'd be amazing. <laughs> they burned his body. Um, I would like a Hodor chapter. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to analyzing the rest of this? <laughs> that chapter? actually wasn't a joke. <laughs> You'd actually get his Hodor, thoughts. Hodor, does Hodor, he Hodor, think Hodor, in Hodor? Hodor? It's just Hodor, 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 Hodor. Yeah, his words would be, but does he think in Hodor's or does he think in other things? He probably thinks right, in other Hodor's. Under, underestimated. Okay, continue. Pink letter. Ready, ready to move on to the second set, set of, of this chapter? Yeah, this is sure. where the good stuff is. Because that last yeah. one felt boring. 
Do we want to dive into the pink ladder or want to save it a little bit? Whatever, you go. I, you do. I think that's next, right? You're yeah, the pro. let's do it. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, when we stop. We do pink was... letter and, and uh, some shield hall stuff and, and then end with the grand finale. So Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. So, okay. pink letter. Who should you just want to start with? Who wrote it? Hmm. Do, do you want to lead <laughs> yeah. with that, or do you want to like pick it yeah. apart? Let's lead with that. All right, Beth, you're the guest. Who wrote it? I think Ramsey wrote it, but I think it's either Ramsey or Mance. Like, if it's not Ramsey, it's Mance. But there's no other candidate that it could have been. Everything else is wrong. Matt, uh, Mance. Think? Potentially with the help of Barbary Dustin. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Mance train. I don't know about the Barbary stuff necessarily, but wouldn't shock me, I guess. But I'm on the Mance train. I have, I have only. Can Mance read? Do we know that? I don't know that it's ever been explicitly stated, but uh, if you take the Abel stuff and the Bale stuff, the fact that he was able to recognize that they're anagrams and everything might lead you to believe or did he can. just get that from yeah yeah that's true okay so there's like little tiny indications but your point's well taken like could he have written a letter because <laughs> Tormund can't <laughs> yep right yeah mance mance didn't grow up as Tormund did i mean he he was at the wall no, for a to- long totally. time i well, and, and, he's, and, he's also, and he's also Rhaegar, so it doesn't matter. I was going to say, uh, Rhaegar Targaryen. <laughs> Rhaegar, right. yeah. so, <laughs> Rhaegar is educated. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's safe to assume, but I'm going to assume that he can read. Uh, I think it's Mance. Uh, I only really have one point that, that, that I really harp on, and I harped on it last time, and I'll harp on it again here, that I think that. Um, we, can, we can leave that for later if you want. No, do it now. It's probably the same point we all have. Uh, well, he uses the it's for those that listened to our episode originally. Uh, he uses the term "black crows" in in the pink letter, and mm-hmm. uh, no one, no one in the entire text of a song of ice and fire, other than John, when he's quoting a, a member of the free folk, uses the term "black crows" other than free folk. Nobody, not once in the entire series. Black Crows is yep. distinctly a free folk term. And I don't know if I came up with this or if somebody else has this somewhere published, but um, it's my main reason for thinking Mance. And it's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what gives me the doubt as well that it's that it could be anyone other than Ramsey. I mean, you, um, you, also, you can easily just say, well, whoever the author is knows that also, and they're trying to mimic and make it sound like Mance. You could say that. But obviously, but then why would they sign it Ramsey? Like, I Fair, don't know. Yeah. I just, and the other thing is, is like, oh, you burned him for the whole North to see. Well, no, they didn't. They burned him for the wildlings yes. to see, you know, stuff like that. Why would he, why would anybody else want um, the, the baby, but Mance wanting his son yes. back, right? But it's like the, but also why, the, would, I want why my would bride he... back. I want my bride back. Yeah. That's what throws me off. Uh, there's some other little clues too. I actually, I, I did a little exercise with myself and tried to pick this whole letter apart um, line by line as if it was Mance trying to give John clues about something. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And even the your false king is dead bastard. There's one other time uh, that 
Well, I don't know that it's one other time. Let me back up. In Melisandre's chapter, which I went back to check out before recording this episode, guess what she specifically calls Mance Raider in front of Jon Snow? I'm guessing it's she false calls king. Him, king. She Give calls him a false king, right? Um, it's just a chat between them. And then the fact that he says, uh, where does he say it? I have his magic sword, tell his red whore. I almost feel like that's Mance giving a clue of like, show Melisandre this letter. Like, make sure she knows about all of this stuff. And uh, mm. like, and kind of given that little hint of, remember what she called me when it was just the three of us, the false king? Tell she'll she can help you piece out this puzzle. The of course the tragic thing is is if this was all written in code, John didn't understand any of it. <laughs> it went yeah. right over. Like, his yeah. head. I looked. I, I looked up last I night. There's uh, an entry from Cantus. 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 Whoever that is. Probably yeah. it's a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook. I don't want to out him now because it might not be. But anyway, Cantus says. He has a whole post on this thing, and um, it's interesting. You should go check it out. But I think I saw it, but I didn't read it all because I didn't like it. But <laughs> it didn't agree with your worldview, so you canceled <laughs> yeah. it. Um, it. It 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 basically spells out that this is not a coded letter to John, but it is a coded letter to the wildlings, to to the free folk that none of them can read no 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 but he reads it to them okay. and and and, true. and yes, it, that's in your true. summary beth that you put so well it in, it indicates that they immediately erupt and there mm-hmm. are uh tones notes um uh hints in the way that it's written according to Cantus, that that play to the way they're raised the stories they're told the legends they know the words that are chosen specifically play a tune on 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 free folk pianos uh that that are meant to inspire them and that's why they actually rise up i don't know if i agree that's, for sure it's in- Go ahead. that's interesting because the what is it that uh egret is looking for uh, I could be mixing this up with the show, so excuse me if I am. Correct me. Is it? Did she say we're looking for the biggest fire we've ever seen? Like Mance is going to light a fire to show us when it's time to attack? Is that a show thing or a book thing? Because if it's a book thing, then it. it is another symbol. Okay, so maybe it's a show thing. I- but it's another one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be that he's trying to get the attention of a lot of people, and it was very specifically re- written for those reasons, right? That yeah, he did want to get the wildlings. He did want Melisandre to pick up a few things. He did want John to pick up on a couple things. Like it, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to put words in Cantu's mouth, but uh, it's almost kind of like um, Winter Soldier, right? Where they they read the list of words that just like trigger trigger the code in his yeah, brain programming. the programming it's almost like he he's almost saying like there are things that the free folk grow up hearing and the way this letter is written is meant to trigger those things and inspire them to action and i don't know if it's i don't know if i completely agree with it but it was an interesting idea at least it's an interesting idea 
there's certainly some clues in here that I was trying to work through. He and all his hosts talking about, we, we assume Stannis, but if it's, if the false king is Mance Raider, when it says your false king is dead bastard, he and all his hosts were smashed in seven days of battle. So if that's Mance trying to give him clues, Mance Raider, uh, I'm alive. Um, <laughs> he and all his hosts were smashed in seven days of battle. So Mance has six women. Yeah, so six women, so that's seven. seven. Are still alive? Is that him saying that, like, the fellowship is broken? Like, things have kind of fallen apart? Is yeah, that a clue maybe. for that? Because in those snowy conditions and everything, I don't think a host would have lasted. I don't. I can't see a seven-day battle happening. I don't, I don't know if any of them have the strength or the manpower to fight for seven days. Listen, I can't hit my bag in my garage for more than, like, seven seconds. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not what I thought you were gonna their say. Their heads. Oh, their come he- on! <laughs> hey, get out he of just he learned he learned late, Beth. Sorry. He learned late. I am married to a correctional officer. My head is just it's that's just where there. I live. Stuck there. <laughs> their heads upon the walls of you Winterfell. Bring it up. Was when you're on the Davos Fingers podcast. Bring it up a level. Go ahead. Say <laughs> their heads upon the walls of Winterfell was interesting to me because that seems very unramsey like. To put heads on the wall. Yes, because he would have flayed He's more them, of a flayer right? type guy. I don't know. Um, come see them, bastard. I almost, if like that's Mance, that's like him saying, come to Winterfell and see uh, their heads upon the walls of Winterfell, referring maybe to those snowmen. I read this theory. I didn't come up with this myself, this part. But the snowmen that the uh, squires were building in Winterfell's along Winterfell's walls and they actually call them out that they look like Dustins and Umbers and mm-hmm. Stouts, I think it is. And it's yep. almost like Mance. The saying, one's loyal. Yeah. Come and see who is loyal. Um what what yeah. uh what what does it say in the pink letter exactly about the heads? It says, uh, your false king's friends are dead, their heads upon the walls of Winterfell. Come see them, bastard. Yeah. It just doesn't sound... It just doesn't sound like Ramsay to me. I think it kind of does. I I think it kind of... When he's mad. And it's just that the... I want my my bride back. I want my bride back. I want my... That does. That Um, part does. That does. But... And and Mance would have heard him speak to... About Reek that way for sure. But it's the repetitive, I want my bride back. But... So, this is like... It may be nothing. But back back in the day, Elio and Linda did uh, a little... They were doing... They probably still are. But doing... They did a video. And I watched one of them saying people always focus on who wrote the pink letter and we feel and of course they feel but they have insider information so how much do they really feel and how much do they know (laughs) that people are asking the wrong question it's not who wrote it it's what it says right yeah so you can take that a few different ways you can take that as if you read it well enough you can see who wrote it because Mance speaks this way and ramsey doesn't or you can take it as ramsey wrote it how much of what it says is true yeah and the timeline's fluffy but um, yes. that's a hard message for me to take from them because if you take what we know that's in the text, it's full of lies. Stannis mm-hmm. has not been defeated. There are no heads on the walls. Yep. Well, no, it's all bullshit. There's nothing there. Um, yep. You know, e- e- even even the idea of sending a letter to John. Why? 
Why would Ramsey send a letter to John? If he thinks they went to... But yeah. why Why would he think that? Why is that... Because Arya is his sister. Yeah, but like, it, it still seems... Uh, a, the timing does not make sense. It would take something like 50 days for them to get to the wall from where they are in the weather that they're in. So like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to send a letter to them being like, send them back! Like, there's no way yeah, they've arrived they're, by they're, them. We didn't even know they escaped. They're on their yeah. way. There's they're on no their way, way they've arrived they get by there, them. Send them. It doesn't back. make yeah, any turn them sense. Around. Yeah. Unless he thinks John had something to do with their yeah, escape. If he somehow sprung them. Which, which, if he found Abel, he would have, like, if Mance did get tortured and spilled the beans, oh, I was right. sent by John Snow, then that's why he would send that letter to John. Okay, yes. but, but still then, wouldn't it be more like... They're gonna be there. We're coming for them, or you better bring them back when they get there. I, like you think, Ramsey and his anger, though, is yeah, yeah. It well, okay, but uh, I don't know. I I I don't see I, Ramsey I, at all. I don't see it. I see what Elio and Linda are saying, but I dis I quibble with it a little bit in the sense that it does matter what's being said and it matters because who's saying it like if mance is saying it then that's important and that says a lot and if ramsey's saying it then that's important and that says a lot um that could be like a a, an elitist kind of look at what's being said kind of thing like look under the covers look deeper mm -hmm. trying to give us a hints but but you're right in what you're saying is that well you can only look deeper if you know who's saying it or if you presume that someone else is saying it besides Ramsey. Right. Um, and you're right. The wording lays out Mance completely, in my opinion. But, the, yeah, but yeah. I think it's Mance, if he found something in the crypts at Winterfell, perhaps with the help of Barbary Dust. And it goes back to the escape chapter where Reek and the, and the women spring Jane Poole. And I brought this up in, in our Davos Fingers coverage of this episode, is that... Isn't it odd that the whole reason they came there was to spring Arya? And then Mance is like, when they, it's finally time to do it. It's like, okay, we got to go do this. Mance is like, sorry guys, I got something else to do. You got this. And he disappears, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like, That's the whole reason. I mean, Mance went for his own purposes. We're well aware of that. You told I mean. uh, Melisandre and John that you would go there and get Arya out. And now you're not going to participate in the actual rescue? Like what's going on? Well, so it leads me to believe that he's going to, he's got, or maybe he knows that's not Arya, and maybe he knows it's not Arya. Um, we know that Barbary Dustin wanted to see the crypts and things like that, and I wonder if Mance found something down there that indicated to him that Winterfell is the place we need to be right now, for whatever reason. Maybe there's some magical protection over it, and I need to get John here. And not only do I need to get John here, I need. Um, Stannis's family here. He says, I want his daughter and his red witch. I want, I need Val here. I need my son here. Um, and you know what? I even need Theon here because Theon, I don't know if he has intimate knowledge of Ramsey's plans or whatever, but he names out all those people of who he needs. He's like, you come, uh, what does he say? Come and see bastard. Tell the red whore that we need, I need you here. And this is really important. You know how important it is? Um, keep them from me. In other words, don't come and I will cut out your bastard's heart and eat it. It's just him like trying to say, this is really important. I need you to come here. 
Um, What's uh, read again, Matt, if you would. What things he's demanding they they bring back, or what people they're demanding they bring back? He says, "Let's see. I want my bride back," as Beth yep. said. He mentions that a few times. Yep. <laughs> I want the false king's queen, mm-hmm. which is presumably meant to be Selice, yep. but. Uh, I want his daughter mm-hmm. and his red witch. Yep. I want his wildling princess. Mm-hmm. I want his little prince, the wildling babe, and I want my reek. Yeah. Send them to me, bastard, and I will not trouble you or your black crows. So when I was in college, uh, I was, um, you know, I was a youth looking for looking for booze. And one of my friends had a fake ID and, uh, it was pretty good and he didn't get caught more than once. Uh, but what he always did was buy some groceries to put on the conveyor. Of course. Yeah. Before all the alcohol, just, just like, uh, when, when, the what is it in super bad when they go to buy the condoms, they like buy some chips and other things like, Oh, I'm just... Also the yeah. condoms, right? So you're saying that All, these people are the groceries. Yeah, they're the groceries, and and the booze is the wildling princess and the sun. And that's another piece of evidence to me that this is Mance. Ramsey would not care at all about the wildling princess or the babe. Well, it, he would if he wanted to kill them. For what reason, though? Because he's Ramsey and a claim. I know, but he's got plenty anything. of people he can kill. But yeah. no, but I mean, they have a claim. They would have a claim to a kingdom that doesn't exist in. You know what I mean? Like they would have. Yes. Just like Selyse oh, like likes this wildling king. To his, this is a claim. His, his reign of the north potentially. Yeah, is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not knowing the wildling customs and thinking that it would be Mance's son to rule once he dies or if he's dead. Then. Uh huh. If if anyone knows the wildling customs, it should be someone like Ramsey, although I'm not going to say he's attentive or studious. Yeah, he does. But he lives pretty close to the wall uh, and knows. But he wouldn't know that type of custom any more than silly. Like the birthright, that there isn't a birthright. He wouldn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they know. I, you're right. I, I think you're right. I don't think John knew. Yeah, no, like, I think you're right. Do you know what I mean? I Until right. he spent time with them. I think them. you're right. Until, until they told him, I don't think John was really that aware. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I like the idea of him... Like Mance is, if he's writing this letter, attempting to appeal to a bunch of different parties just to make sure that someone gets it. Like he's he's saying things that might get John's attention, things that might get Melisandre's attention, things that might get the wildlings attention or excuse me, the free folks attention. I agree with you guys. It's derogatory to say wildlings, but it's just in my head now. Um, he's trying to get everyone's attention. Uh and maybe he does get the free folks' attention. It sounds they certainly got riled up by it, whether they understood the clues or were just like, they've got Mance and we've got to go get him. Um, mm-hmm. He definitely got their attention. The sad thing, again, is that it just goes completely over John's head. And who knows if Melisandre... <laughs> well, Melisandre was in the hall. She entered she the there. hall before he started reading the letter. So she did hear it. Yeah. Um, we don't know what the action she's going to take or what she understood of it yet, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're That's reasonably intelligent you guys people. Where did she go? Uh, we're reasonably intelligent people, and here we are diagramming a letter uh, for the 19th time. Uh, she got to hear it once. It's yeah. tough. It's a tough thing to just ask people to get it on the first try. Um, here's a question. 
if Mance had, I know I'm, I'm an, I know I'm, I've been on Team Mance this whole time, but if Mance had access to send a bird with the letter, why mask it at all? Why don't you be like, hey man, I'm Mance, I'm here, this is the story. Yeah, the only thing I could think of would be to because it might not be enough to get John's attention, right? John's got other things on his plate, so this is serious enough. To make him read it out loud. Uh, so it's like the the hitting it's like hits him hard. All this talk of bastard and like yeah. da, 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 I'm gonna eat your heart. And... In which case, why yeah. not your sister about to be butchered? Come now. Yeah, totally. Could have been a different, way different yeah. message. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I just I, like he's got access to send a bird somehow. We're assuming it's Mance, right? In the, in this case, maybe if it was intercepted. Yeah. Somehow yeah, it would be like, well, that's Ramsey. One, one thing Shot that came down. up in some of the things that I was reading is that it, if Barbary is involved in, if she had somehow met up with Mance and they'd come somehow found well, something together or whatever, um, potentially has her own birds. And she's, she mentions like two or three times in the text, how distrustful mm-hmm. she is of maesters. <laughs> yeah. she brings that up of how like they get to change their names and we don't know who they're from and what houses they come from and they could have all these little secret uh things that they're trying to accomplish on their own means and all this stuff and um whether she's right or wrong she feels that way uh you know i wrote that i put a note here that john gets the faintest little reason to go that he can use to justify to yeah. go get her and that reason is, is Mance said, or Ramsey said that he's going to cut out my heart and eat it and stuff. That's an And I'm, I'm going to answer him, you know, because he can't. You, what are you, my eight-year-old? He can't, as the Lord right? Commander of the Night's Watch say, I'm going to save my sister. Right. Yeah. Well, he can, no. but this gives him that justification be like, okay, I got to go answer this. And, you know, everybody probably knows like, now you're going to get your sister, buddy. But he can say that that's his, that's his reasoning for going. And I think, I think Mance probably, he knows, you know, the, the strange politics that are going on at the wall right now. He knows that Jon Snow's not a popular Lord Commander. Um, he knows that there's Queensmen and Free Folk and all these different factions up there. And so for whatever reason, he felt like he needed to disguise it. And maybe he disguised it a little too much. <laughs> As John's dad, he also knows that John is all heart. He does. He knows his boy. And mm-hmm. he knows he knows that the, the components of this that are going to reach him are going to touch his heart and make him want to come. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the the pink letter itself doesn't give John any more um, license to go south. Absolutely. Just not. because you're insulted, you're gonna break your vows and go south. That's yep. worse. Worse yep. than just because your dad got beheaded and you want to go help your brother. That was a better reason. Yeah. Somebody said they're gonna cut your heart out, so you're leaving. That's not. That's very fragile. So it and turns out your men will cut your heart out just as fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. Chapter one. The but winds Bowen's of yeah. walking, walking. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's From Bowen Marsh's perspective, <laughs> men cut out his heart. Make sure he doesn't come back. He like yeah. nudges off of Yarwick and he's like, oh, we should do that. Two, Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. John is, uh, in my opinion, after a receipt of the pink letter, completely un- unhinged. And mm. absolutely. And, and that's an interesting diagnosis only because the text specifically notes that he talks with Mance Ray, or sorry, with Tormund for like two hours to come up with a plan. So uh, my eight-year-old is unhinged frequently for 15 minutes, uh, but eventually he gets it under control. So I presume that in those two hours, they came up with a plan based on the text of the letter that they liked, but I don't like it. It it feels it feels very emotional and not within the bounds of his office. And you know when you go through something and you call somebody, and instead of calming you down, they rile oh, you up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's John and Tormund in that yeah. room. Good. You're, point, he's dude. not talking to someone yeah, who's bringing him down to earth. He's talking to someone who's like, "No, you go get that." MF who's threatening you and your sister. I've seen it on Facebook before. It's like your best friend isn't the guy you call from the from jail. It's the guy next to you saying, "Oh man, that was great." Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Who helped you bury the body? Yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen that too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and to continue that, he says he's like, "See, the way I'm doing this, I'm not forcing anyone to break their vows. Like, I'm washing my hands clean." But you know what? He is forcing the Night's Watch to make a decision. He is yes. forcing Bowen Marsh to do something, in essence. Like <laughs> Yeah. And and also trusting well, what would Ned have done? And also trusting that they will. Yeah. You, I will can, even, tr- even if he goes to his default of like, I command you to do this and then leaves, they could just be like, meh, we're not gonna. Yeah. Will you trust not, me but it's like, as your Lord sorry, Commander? Ahead, sorry, B. No, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say, go. will you trust me as your Lord Commander, or will you stick to what the Night's Watch has been doing for 8,000 years? Like, I'm about to leave. Put yourself in Bowen Marsh's shoes again and these other Night's Watch. Yeah. This young upstart Lord Commander, young upstart guy, newly elected, comes in, and he lets your millennials-long enemy, whether right or wrong, they're not the right enemy, but that's what it's been for 7,000 years, 8,000 years, lets them through the wall, has them settle on your land, goes into tremendous debt to feed them, and then he leaves? Yeah. And then he suggests that they go and be led by one yes. of them. Yes, be led by one of them on a that's suicide a mission. The fact that he names Tormund the leader of that expedition mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. You've on got to at least mission. name a Night's Watchman to do that. Yep. And then he's like, bye. I'm leaving. Yeah. Peace what? out. Like I said, I've identified more with Bowen Marsh than I ever have before in my life. What else is Bowen Marsh supposed to think at this point? Maybe he doesn't knife him in the stomach. Maybe he just puts him in a cell or something, a coup. But I don't blame this guy at all for being like, we've got to get Jon Snow out of here. Yeah. yeah. You have to remember. But then, Go ahead. But then Go ahead. Yep. why not just let him leave then? Oh, well, if he goes, he's not our problem anymore. <laughs> he's not our Lord Commander. Right. So right. why kill him? Yep. Is it a sense of duty at that point? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, you, you bring a up good a good point, point B. B. Why because not just let him leave? Pr- presumably he's going to take free folk with them and so that's a good thing yeah which they yeah. want so that's yeah. a good thing for for bowen it's an it's an interesting question it, it almost seems like bowen and 
the assassination crew had this plan already in place. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. When did they decide that it Me was too. pull the trigger? Or... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they already had it in place, and this was a straw. There could have been many straws, but this was a straw. And they're like, "All right, we're done. We we need mm-hmm. we need to change now." He, yeah. To answer your question, though, like, um, it talks about that the the free folk didn't swear a vow to the Night's Watch. No, they swore a vow to Jon Snow. Yep. And they made that important distinction. We're not promising anything to the watch. We're promising something to you, Jon Snow. So if Bowen Marsh leaves Jon Snow alive at that point and Jon Snow draws away free folk with him, and yeah, maybe they're going to Winterfell army. to 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 battle Mance Raider or battle Ramsay Bolton and everything, but say Jon somehow wins with his free folk, now they've got this army of free folk south of the wall and led by Jon Snow and Bowen if he knows that John that they swore a vow to Jon Snow well who do we have to remove then we got to remove Jon Snow right true very true the reality is that Jon Snow is not acting like a lord commander of the night's watch and i think this leads into one of the questions that you asked B about whether or not his tenure is successful or not right mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. Do you want to do you want to introduce that question? Well, yeah. Again, not a slack. We had we have daily discussions, and Ooh. one of them was was Jon Snow's who I haven't talked with them at all. <laughs> um, was Jon Snow's tenure as Lord Commander successful or not? And um, I was curious. It's such an interesting question because to me, it's like for me looking at it on the outside. He's accomplished so much, but of course he was executed. So how successful could you be? So I was curious what you guys thought. I feel like he had like a groundbreaking tenure. Sure. Right? Because he he changed so much. Uh, But I feel like it was unsuccessful in that I don't feel it's going to stick. Obviously, he was executed. So, I mean, it can't really. Yeah. It's like Anne Boleyn, her tenure didn't stick so well. Yeah. her legacy did, but her tenure did not. So who yeah, knows? Put a pin in that. I've got a bullet point for what happens at Castle Black following his death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Ooh, uh, right? I feel, yeah. I feel like it's almost an unfair question. It's sure. um, it, it, it's almost like, well. Who are we he, measuring it up against? Or? He has the right idea. And he has circumstances that are previously completely unencountered. Mm-hmm. And so trying to say it's successful or not is it's it's not even a fair question. It's is he is he resetting the mold? Is he is he moving is he moving things in a direction that they need to be moved, whether or not he is successful in the end or whether they are if if they're moved. Yeah. You know, like his his job at this point is not just keeping things in control it's creating a culture shift that allows for accepting free folk and reminding everyone that others exist right it's it's a it's a it's a completely different measurement to give him so it's it's a bit of an unfair question but i if 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 that's the question i would say no it's been unsuccessful he has open mutiny he has no trust with about two-thirds of his people um he's about to abandon them to go defend his own honor like no it's a failure 
he put him into into debt that he's he admits debt openly too. admits yeah. that that they may never he says the night's watch may never be able to climb out of this debt that yeah. he just agreed to with the iron bank yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and um yeah on the other hand he uh he kept them from about 4000 enemies he turned those enemies into not enemies <laughs> by letting them not in their eyes though. not in their eyes but yeah, and in terms of and he is in terms of them bl- up to blue the real enemy, enemy enemies which is like the real challenge it's like debt oh man that sucks oh we're welcoming people we thought were enemies in and trying to integrate our cultures man that sucks but oh if he hadn't done this at all the others would have surprised us and killed everyone on the continent so it's a it's a it's definitely give and take like yeah. his long-term benefit may prove to be successful but if you're just be measuring it now against what he's done yep pretty tough to call it a success yep my follow-up question to this is how would the old bear have done it hmm. how would mormont have done it <laughs> if he had come back from the ranging that's uh, a good what if episode <laughs> good old, yeah there, there go. we go i have a few what ifs for you a few ideas <laughs> uh i don't think you would have let the wildlings through period no i don't think so either now that i'm thinking about it and and that that's an interesting question because does the radius or area or whatever uh, geometric means we're using to calculate the area of effect uh, if the others catch up to all of those wildlings in that camp attacking the wall with arrows that don't shoot high enough um, if they catch up what actually what actually happens well we don't know does the magic of the wall protect well I think the others would probably we we don't know I mean True. Question of the series, and perhaps. beyond that, there's there's no Stark in Winterfell, oh, right? So it's one of my favorite things. Like, because Gior would have tried to rely on on the North mm-hmm. for support, and they don't have right. that. Yeah, and that's why Mance wants him to come back, is so there can be a Stark yeah. in Winterfell. Run to Winterfell. Yeah. I've I have no notes on this, but the Stark in Winterfell is is one of the things that in that intrigues me the most. Uh, with with what it actually means and whether there's a significance to it supernaturally supernatural significance and that's what mance rhaegar found and that's why he wants john there oh maybe that's what he found in the crypts but is but is john a real stark or is he a targaryen well he'd be both he'd be both he's He's got the blood all right be progressive that's fine there was, I was slipping through trying to name. find <laughs> I was slipping through trying to find the the chapter on the audiobook and that was a nightmare let me just oh tell boy. you but there was so I'm listening to little like blurbs of each chapter trying to find it and one of them was one of the openings for a chapter was the Winterfell battlements were crowned with mm-hmm. snow Oh yeah. just as nice those catch. first few lines and I was like oh that's such a cool little like like that could just be that those little lines could be foreshadowing for what could come if John's not dead. Mm-hmm. Dead. Nice find. Like mm-hmm. mm. easy to miss, but like when you're when yeah. you're listen when you're listening or reading with a purpose to try to find something, those things stick out like like just blaring sirens right. for you. It's that's cool. Yes. Nice find. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So John dies, right? Yeah. Uh, you 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 did ask this question, and I actually need to apologize. I feel like I kind of steamrolled the question by, like, trying to get my point across on something else. Still, of um, you asked if they were going to kill, they were going to assassinate John prior to the receipt of the pink pink letter, and I think you you both said you agreed, right? That they'd been planning this yeah, for a I, while. That plan was always there. Do you think I, it was assassination? Was it like? I mean, that's really quick thinking if it wasn't, right? Yeah. Like these, these what is it, four guys just so happened to come together in the five minutes since the meeting ended and decide to do it. Like if that's not pre-planned, then that's really fascinating. There have been conversations. Yeah. I, I don't know if they were going to do it regardless. It, it feels more to me like maybe they were in discussion and saying. They talked about it. Yeah, they talked about it like this guy's out of control yeah, John's are you with us? Mind. Kind of more like a Chet situation, right? Where they're like trying to organize a party that they trust, and and looking for the final straw. They, none of them want to do it. None of them are insurrectionists. They don't want to create all this turmoil. But good point. But they, but they feel for sure like the office they've held for the last n number of years is being corrupted by a leader that doesn't hold their values in play in place rather. And so, yeah, I think they kind of talked about it and like, we need to be ready to do something. If it comes down to it, this is what we'll do if it comes down to it. Yeah. And it came down to it. John essentially said, I'm leaving. I'm going to go do this thing. You're going to be led by Tormund to go North to rescue a bunch of people. You don't give a shit about that are actually in your minds, your enemies. So they did it. Yeah, it's not that surprising. To your point, there's a part where um, it's a, just a tiny little line where John is trying to talk to him and to Bowen and Othel about what he's doing and everything, and figuring out this hard home thing. And it says that um, Bowen listened attentively. So that Othel was kind of like drinking drinking the the wine or whatever they had, and Bowen listened attentively. Yeah. And to me, that's almost like Bowen, like trying to look for any excuse to yeah. hold on to this guy. Like, I don't want to do this, man. Like, give me a reason to not get yeah. rid of you. Like, yeah, anything. Yeah, he was the one who had tears. Yep. Yeah, that combined with the to. tears. Yeah, he's like, a nice watchman, man. Through not to and do through. this. He's not yeah. an insurrectionist. He's a nice watchman. He's doing what he thinks is right. He's also a northerner, isn't he? Isn't he from Greywater Watch? He's uh, you. You you could be right with that. I don't know where he's from, but it does say that he's a northerner. Yeah. 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 Greywater Watch. That's in, yeah. that'd be interesting. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I just think I heard Marsh. Marsh. Thought, that makes I don't sense. Know, could be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My other big question is like, why why is one one so upset? What happened there? Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Good question. I think, I, Matt, think, I think Matt has the answer. I think uh you do. Such I do. faith in me. Such no, I was me. I listened to our episode and you answered it then. Uh yeah, and I it hasn't changed. I think uh you know, John had talked before about when Celise was talking about organizing the marriages and how Sir Patrick was to marry Val, he's like, well, it's not, you don't just arrange a marriage with the free folk. Uh, you got to go and like win her. You got to go get her. And uh, it also mentions in an earlier chapter that one, one was 
sleeping he was sleeping at the ground level of the tower that Val was staying in and so I think Patrick went to claim his bride he heard that and he says at one point like uh no man has ever had cause to question my courage yeah and I I think it's that's Patrick going like okay gonna go get my gal and David and Goliath one one was like (laughs) no you're not but he's John says and he could be talking about Patrick in this but he says it sounds like a man in mortal turmoil or something like that uh and it sounds like one one is making these really horrible sounds so did he try and kill slay the giant to get the princess is that i think so because it mentions that he had cuts one cuts on him yeah but how would how would val think that was a man she'd like she's buddies with one one so how is it that that would be something to to win her over exactly I don't think Patrick well, cares to prove, about Well, to prove his but... strength, right? I mean, that's that's the whole yes, thing. Yes, his valor. I mean, steel yeah. is not a concept that that the Knights of the South understand. They want to do thing, everything in front of in front of the gods and in ceremony and with challenges and things like that. But in the end, he thinks, okay, I guess I got to go take her. So I'll literally walk in there and take her. And the first thing he sees is a sleeping giant at the foot of the stairs. And so he tries to slay it, thinking it a challenge. Uh, it's a tragedy. Reminds me of Bran and Sansa. Their oh. stories of knighthood. and Their stories, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't... I'm sorry. I'm behind both of you. What do you mean? Well, they're both... Both Bran and Sansa are the dreamers, and they, they believe in the songs oh, and the old okay. stories, and he sort of... Slaying the giant is just exactly one of those. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, especially since he was just challenged. His man who was, was just challenged, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. John's death scene. Should we talk about it? Oh, boy. Yes. You yeah. don't want to. That looked like no, a frown. I do. No, I No, yeah. We're, we're here. We're here. We're to that point. Well, it's, uh, it's beautifully written, uh, beautifully choreographed, if you will. Um, John is taken totally unaware, blissfully, arrogantly unaware of the disturbance he's causing in in this faction of people in, in, in the Night's Watch. And focusing on the big, big problem at hand, which is a giant literally yeah. smashing a human against rocks, is focusing on that and is stabbed. Yep. Yep, he is. Yep. Um, yep. He slashed at first, actually. Yeah, they went for his, went his for throat, throat and got him like yeah. a little or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nicked, Nicked him. him. Uh. And then and then he says why, which is an interesting thematic question, because it, because it. It lays bare everything we've been talking about, which is the fact that John is marching to his own drum, leading people into a path that he believes is correct, that no one else agrees with. And he's so unaware about why this would happen that he literally asks, why? Yeah, it shows kind of... I know, of... and every reader's like, really, dude? Really, why? Really, like, dude? Because of all <laughs> We all read why. <laughs> Oh, sweet John. Sweet John. Again, the reader has all the advantages, but still it seems shocking a little. 
Yeah, mm. it is. It is also because you think his plot armor is thicker than that. It was. It was like it's kind of like Ned's death all over again, right? It's like you really, you really don't see it coming, yeah, right? I mean, we're five you books really into don't. this yeah. thing. No, his and plot yeah. armor is th- so thick that I would bet eight out of ten people that read it didn't believe he was dead anyway. Right. No, no way he's staying dead. Well, and I mean beyond that, how many people have we seen be dead and then come back? Yeah, right. I mean, right. Well, there's there's lots of little hints in that regard. When Melisandre sees Jon Snow in the fires in her chapter, uh, there's a really distinct "now a man, now a wolf, now a man" <laughs> phrase again. Yeah. Which I I was like I totally probably misinterpreted that when I first read it because I read it as warging. Which it could have been. It could be skin changing. Right? Yeah. Like Bran is yeah, that. Yeah. He's going in and you out. You don't skin ghost. change a wolf. You warg one. Yeah. But warging isn't a word. So I apologize. But anyway. Well, you still skin change. But they're called wargs. But skin changes are other animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's nitpick. Yeah. Let's get real nitpicky here. <laughs> At uh, 134 in the morning. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. Try to be respectful of your time. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm fine. I've had enough vodka. I don't feel Yay. anything. Yay. We're in a good place now. This is where the We're fun in a good starts. Place now. Um, oh, the good place. Oh, man. We go to the prologue of A Dance with Dragons. Uh, Varamir, as he's going into his second life, he mentions that he felt a shock of cold when he yes. died and went into the wolf. Yes. And of course, John has felt only the cold. Yeah. Um, there's no question to me that this is meant to be a lead in to what John is going through and, and what, what's going to happen. John is not dead. Well, and he calls out to him. Yes. Ghost. ghost yeah right yeah he does john is not dead he is simply moving into another being and how he gets out of that being will remain to be seen yeah in fact i even when they talked about how his hands felt clumsy as he went for his sword i wondered yes. if that was like his his being slipping, slipping out of him yes. but then it does say he pulled the knife out of his stomach after that so i think it's just i don't know but yeah but um, pulling pulling a knife out is a little bit dexterously easier than like than drawing ripping, a long sword from behind your back and like pulling it out it's tough and he wore it on his i don't back, know right? though i mean that pulling that sword out is john's second nature he's gotten better at it apart from his hand being funny <laughs> pulling that it is I flexing mean, his sword hand. he always talks about Sorry. how he's yeah, flexing his burnt hand mind out of the gutter as god said but <laughs> it, but yeah john going for his sword is like is just, that's just, anyway cannot be i i just mean better. i just mean that physically Shut up, Matt. You're not helping. He never does. He's never... Listen, I've carried this podcast on my back for six years. All I'm saying is reaching down and pulling a dagger out of your stomach that you can literally look down and my stomach protrudes a little bit. But you look down and you're like, oh, pull out. That's easier than like reaching across and like your hand grabbing a hilt and like... Does it hit the guard or does it grab the, you know, like, what does well, it get? I think it's also when you're in a high stress situation, you kind of like panic, yes, right? And he didn't expect yes. it, right? It took him completely out of the way. He, wouldn't, he wasn't yeah. on edge or expecting that ahead of yes. time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Um, now, that this carries some cool things with it, uh, knowing that John is going into Ghost. Um I think this is where the shotgun on the wall of Baroque, 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 is Whatever. interesting. That is Don't well, is that, that he's a he's a skin changer. They mention that, and I wonder if uh, 
Baroque's like, Jon Snow's dead. I'm going to try to go into Ghost now. I'm going to try to, like, mm. take over Ghost like Varamyr was trying to really? do. Really? Because I think that and boar then, is Jon's first meal. It, it could <laughs> be. But it could be. But I'm saying that Baroque could be the key to finding out that Jon is inside Ghost. If he tries to enter him and he feels that other presence there, he could be like, whoa. And he like pops out of it, you know, and he's like, whoa. Uh, and I don't know if he tells anybody or anything, but he's like, Tormund, Matt, are you guess what I just found? a Baroque POV? Uh, potentially. I didn't potentially. Say there would be no new POVs. Or it right. could be John. It, could, it doesn't have to be a it POV. Could be, it could, it could yeah, be John's be. POV within Ghost. Yeah, okay. Feeling. Could be Mel's POV. Man. Could be Mel's, yeah. And if Baroque tries to tell somebody, that is then, that's how they all find out that John is within Ghost, if they find out at all. So, is through him. And that's why he was mentioned mm-hmm. 20 times in this freaking chapter. Oh my God. Like, 20,000. Like, shut up about Baroque. But Man. maybe Gurm yeah. is trying to make it really obvious to us that, like, this it's guy's there. Damn, it's this just is damn who he boar, is. man. Feather with arrows. And let's be done with it. Yeah. But I love the idea of the boar being his first male. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> um, we also know that uh, from, I think it's in a cock chapter, when John is inside of Ghost and Bran actually communicates with him, just like super briefly. Um, so will that communication increase or become more pronounced now that John is within uh, ghost full time. Do you think they could share him? Share ghost. Could, this is, yeah. Who, who, who is they? Could, Bran, and Bran, Bran, and John? Bran and Bran and John. Or would Bran get kicked out because someone was already there? Um, I don't. I think he'd get kicked out. But think, they, they were. Sorry. But he's pretty powerful, right? He skin changes Hodor, and there's somebody there. Hodor. But I, I don't know Bran, why like, he would want to try to rule that. That's John's bag, right? No, about rule, but if he was trying to communicate with him. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, just the communication factor. It's a cock. John 7. I wrote it down in my notes. Um, it says, John, he's inside Ghost right now. He's doing his warg thing. He sniffed at the bark, smelled wolf and tree and boy. But behind that were other scents. Um, death he knew and then brand speaks to him don't be afraid i like it in the dark no one can see you but you can see them but first you have to open your eyes see like this and the tree reached down and touched him meaning touched ghost um in that same chapter it said uh brand says he had even touched ghost and talked to john though maybe he had only dreamed that because no yeah was that was that a weirwood tree yeah. or was it a yeah yeah so that's how so he did it's it. so in any case, there's some communication between Bran and John that's happening when John is warged, not a word, into ghost, right? So is that communication going to become more pronounced? And could that be instances where he finds out about RLJ and his heritage and everything? Could all of that happen as he's in ghost? No, I feel like that would be very anticlimactic, don't you? I don't know, man. Bran's like taking him on this journey through the weirwood network showing him all this stuff potentially teaching I teaching him how to open to his third RLJ eye at, in a different point in his life though like uh, i feel like rlj is too big for him to learn when he's like dead <laughs> like, i don't think john needs to learn at all about rlj but w- that's all in clash yeah it's clear back in a cack 
Man, do another reread. Yeah, podcast, nothing guys. is clearer than the fact <laughs> that I should reread again, reread it's been a again. While. Make America. I only f- make. I did make the podcast great again, again. No, don't you dare say that. Just make sure that you have your fire alarm on if you do it. <laughs> it's a smoke alarm, and you got it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, vodka. Forgetting words. <laughs> All right, where are, so much. where are we? Where are we? We've forgotten more than we remember. Yeah. Um, so we were life. just talking about I just brought up some potential tinfoil stuff um, but I think this is I, a question that's really interesting to me is what happens in the immediate aftermath at Castle Black with yes. you've got Pat, Sir Patrick dead at one one's hands you've got a dead Lord Commander lying in the middle of the I don't know middle of Castle Black like what happens with these three distinct groups of people that don't necessarily like each other? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't remember the numbers, but I think the Wildlings greatly outnumber the Night's Watch. Um, yeah. There's only about 400 it, Night's Watchmen, one, period, I, I think. Right. Maybe more. I think there are 400 Night's Watchmen, like, period, at this point. And like 3,000 but... 3, Wildlings, maybe? It was almost 4,000 that came through the wall. Yeah. But they sent some now, away. Some to other women, children. Stuff. Yeah, some we have been moved to, and there's women and children. And, I'm not yeah. sure we know how many, but it's 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 a big advantage. I, I think I remember that at, at least. And, um, and you know, John was largely. You said earlier in the podcast uh, that they swore to John, not to the Night's Watch. John is largely the link keeping them. Yep. Docile. <laughs> and. Not to say they tend to tend to erratic or wild behavior necessarily, but they don't have any reason to trust any of these other guys. And so if if Bowen is going to just like assert control now, which is, by the way, not really his style, like it's weird that he's the one doing this because Bowen is not really a leader. He's not the guy that's going to step up and be like, oh, I'm in charge now. Janos was, or mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Alistair. Uh, Alistair could have maybe done that, but Bowen is not the guy that's going to be like, I'm I'm in charge now. So I think it's chaos at the wall, man. Uh, yeah. What if, what about Mel? What about her? Like, what's she doing? Did she, did she go to Solis? What she, she saw this happening. So did she already, does she already have a plan? knowing that this was going to happen anyway. <laughs> Did she see this happening? It, Daggers in the dark. Is that why, Keep your wolf close. That, yeah, she knew it was she coming. Knew it was coming. Yeah. I don't know if she th- knew it was going to happen at that moment, but she definitely warned no. him, keep your wolf around you. Yeah. But I don't Yeah, but I don't I don't think she knew enough from a detailed perspective to know that this is what's going to happen and oh, I should have a plan in place to seize control. It feels more like... I don't know about seize control, but I Go ahead. I think that she had a plan. I mean, I think that she... I think she knew that this was coming. Not not at this moment, as you said. Hmm. But I think she probably... She left before the meeting was over. Hmm. So what... Where? Why? What for? She didn't want to... Or... She's going to ghost. If she knew so much, why not stop it? Well, I think she's probably tried to do that before. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation on Mel and her age and powers, etc. But it kind of reminds me of Bran as well in his lessons and like how much can you stop and how much is going to make it worse. 
or is this a necessary step for John to get where he needs to be? And does she, is she starting to understand that a little bit? I don't know. Yeah. Does she believe she can bring him back? We do get from her chapter that it seems like she has unshady intentions with John. Like yeah. she yeah. wants to partner with him for what she feels is the good of the realm. And so, yeah, if she's going somewhere, maybe she ascertained that he's going into ghost. And so now she's going to ghost to be like, Hey, here I am, buddy. You in there, John? I don't know. If, Knock on his I don't head. know if I or, feel like she would have figured that out. I don't know out. if she would have either. Uh, it's a big maybe. But I agree with Scott mm-hmm. that the, the the atmosphere at Castle Black, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. It's chaos. Yeah. You've got Night's Watch killing Night's Watch because you still, I think two-thirds, like Scad said, probably are on Bowen's side. But you've still got Leathers. Uh, you've still got maybe his guards, people like Satin that are loyal to John. You've got Ed over at Long Barrow with his spear wives that would still be <laughs> loyal to John. Um Molly and the flea. Molly, the flea, all those guys who might still be loyal to John. So you're going to have Night's Watch against Night's Watch. But do you, have... I don't know. I feel like they would still see what he did as oath breaking. They could. He they was going well could. to leave. They very well could. And like if he did that, if Ned was alive, Ned would have took his head off. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Not ironic. <laughs> right? That was yeah. clear oath breaking. So I don't, it's hard to say what those people, even though they were loyal to him, yeah. really think now i think it could immediately erupt into a bloodbath in just like that very moment once they see john dead i think the killing could start right then it could i, I don't know maybe it's, just it's like uh, i do too uh what is it that uh galadriel says about it balancing on the edge of a knife something, yeah something and, like that it, it and, could go either way it, it could go that bowen steps up and says you know, this was chaos. We needed Before to get it out of control. Out. Yep. Everyone settled down. Let's go talk it out. Or it could be like, you know. John's dead. Liberty! Well, I don't know what yeah. the word is. but somebody, You've you know, got somebody one, shot one already agitated yeah. over could, there, this big giant. Could go either um, way. The Queen's men are upset that the giant just killed their guy. I, I, just, I mean, it's just If you step back crazy. and just try to look at the story, though. And what George is trying to do, like thematically. It's hard for me to imagine that he wants chaos at the wall. I feel I feel like probably he's gonna go for something a, a more calming event that allows for the events of John being in ghost and then John somehow coming back and some sort of call I don't know I don't know how he'll do it, but it feels to me like he wants some sort of calming event that will allow for John's story to take place. I think he needs the wall to be weak and therefore chaos is important. Well, that's a very different question. I I agree with that. You think think he wants the others to get through. Mm -hmm. I have long been of the opinion that the mythology is true and the wall will keep back the others and that that's where the war will take place. A lot of people think that they're going to get through and that the battle will take place at Winterfell Mm -hmm. or other places. Is that, is that what you're talking about? I don't know about Winterfell, but yeah, I definitely think that they'll get through. Yeah. I think that, that the wall is, is Chekhov's wall. <laughs> and that's got to come down. And when you start talking about horns that are going to take it down and everything else, I think that that wall's got to fall. So which horn? <laughs> uh, I think it's Sam's horn. So, Sam's. 
somebody's gonna have an entire war down in Old Town, know that Sam has a horn that's valuable, sail all the way up to the wall, but and no, I don't bring no. it down. What happens if Sam sees like Euron's horn and thinks, hey, I got one like that. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think Sam's horn will bring it down. I think it could happen all the way from Old Town. Oh, okay. So he blows it in Old Town and the wall comes down. They talk about could how you sense. can see the wall Well, I don't know because no, no one's been tower. able to get a sound out of it yet. They talk yeah. about how you can so, see the and, wall from the high tower, right? Yes, well, exactly. Like and even... It's like a... Well, but is it a myth, Scat? Have you ever been to the top I of the high the tower? I am the foremost expert in the high towers. <laughs> I'm well aware, but I still know that you have not set foot there. <laughs> you are not on Alisan's dragon reigniting yeah, that flame. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of see it different again, from you. knows more than I do. I kind of see it different from you a little bit, Scat, in that I think John could be the calming event. Like his return... It, it, the chaos is setting it up for John, like kind of a, almost like a savior event where he's coming you, back to. You think Messiah. it's going to be that fast though? Like, I think it could be. I think uh, so. You've got you've got tensions already high. You've got all these free folk who want to follow John to Winterfell, right? They're already amped up. We already know. Think about the 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 attitudes of these guys right now. Their emotions. They're very emotional. They're like, we gotta go. Let's do this. You've got one one who won't calm down. He just killed one of the Queen's men. He's probably still pretty agitated. Yeah. You've got the Queen's men that are now agitated. You've got the Night's Watchmen. So I can just almost see this being like, brah, you killed Jon Snow. I kill you. So now I kill you. And then all of a sudden, everyone's killing each other, and they almost don't even know. They forget what they're doing. They're just like. The emotions and it, are and high. It takes and takes John start... standing up from his cold body and saying, Stop. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Do we all agree that John's not going to stay dead? Yes. Scott? No, yeah, I don't, for sure. I don't think he's going to stay dead, but I, I do I do think it might take a bit. I do think he's going to be in Ghost for oh, some time. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Half a no, more, I was more talking than 30 about... seconds where people are fucking butchering. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the bloodbath will start soon. I'm not saying that Jon Snow will be like in and out in 30 seconds. I definitely think it could take some time as well. And how do we believe that Jon is going to come back? Yeah, no, that's a good uh, question. I think maybe potentially through this communication with Bran, he learns a way. Um, if he's able to I open think... his third eye like Bran is telling him to do, that could potentially be a way. Uh, maybe something with Melisandre. I mean, we have uh, we have already precedent, right? With Beric. Thoros. Beric and Thoros. Sorry, I meant Thoros. Thank you. Thoros uh, giving the kiss of life and bringing someone back. Uh, the difference was is that they're essence hadn't gone into another creature that we yes. know of right but isn't that even better hopefully yeah because then if you just bring someone back from the dead then they're just zombie there's stoneheart right, right. well yes and no barrack isn't stoneheart right away but he's less of who he was he's less of yeah. who he was but by seven times yeah. he doesn't even know up from down so anymore you, you both make good point then are, are you my mother Thoros. Oh, it's a good book. Poor Barrack. That is a great book. Man, Classic. you're book. you're I think a I, crane. I think I've heard that Are you before. my mother? No, fucking bitch. I'm a crane. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Oh, we are getting late. Um, but then, of course, you get Stoneheart, you who's like, about the five, you know, book, are you my mother? It's not Doctor Seuss. It is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's by a guy named Eastman. Who is Doctor Seuss? Uncovered. They the same it? guy. I think so. Uh, I, now that could be, that's where I could be completely wrong. Google Maybe that's where George got his inspiration yeah. from. <laughs> is Eastman Seuss. Um, 
I could be completely wrong on that. Uh, yeah, I'd say Melisandre or something he learns from Bran. Do you think there's going to be a sacrifice to bring him back? Like, that's such a Mel thing to do. A life for a life type thing? A life for a life. Yeah, because she's never met Thoros and Beric. She doesn't know that it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. It is in Lady Stoneheart's case, but she was like a week dead. Right. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. What do you think? I know this is really... uh really counter to what we're talking about but i feel that it's important eastman was a protege and colleague of theodore geisel by the time that geisel had begun using the pen name of dr seuss geisel is seuss's name he eastman wrote many books for children in his own distinct style under the dr seuss brand of random house many of which were in the beginner book series so maybe is the answer to your question you're welcome. There you go. You're welcome for the maybe. I'll forget those names. I would say that's conclusive. <laughs> you what? I would say that's conclusive that he's not Dr. Seuss. He's just the protege. Uh, yeah, but he... Right. F- fair. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> what are you drinking, Scad? Just out of curiosity. Say, we're getting to that point where... I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I am tired, but but uh, I closed the article now. But... I'm not actually. Good. Anyway, let's move on. Um. So. So the question was: Will Melisandre need believe she needs a sacrifice to bring John back? If it will be Mel who brings him back. Mel always thinks she needs a sacrifice. So. Yes, she will think that. So who is the sacrifice? I don't want to answer that. <laughs> Matt? What, what qualifies as a strong sacrifice? Is it like someone... Does it have to be strong? She yeah. burns traitors. She obviously doesn't think of them in very high regard. Because right. if it's someone like that you need to like... If it's a standing issue of like kind of like a social standing issue or something, then torment. I don't know. Um yeah, like, is it a king's blood sacrifice? Yeah. Like, equal social standing? Torment? Maybe she tries to sacrifice Garrett King's blood and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, whoops, uh, who's next? <laughs> maybe, oh, guys, maybe she I... feels like, if it's a king's blood issue, maybe, oh, maybe she feels like she has to sacrifice um, Mance's baby, who's not really Mance's baby. Gilly's or, baby, or oh God, or Gilly. Shireen, God. right? I mean, or Shireen. That's the yeah. obvious one. That's that's Shireen was that's my the initial one I thought. I'm hesitating to mention the one I'm terrified about. Right. Shireen was my initial thought, but I've come to the conclusion that I think her sacrifice has to be by Stannis. Yeah, I've that seen that before. And horrible I've, as it makes me I've feel. I've disagreed, and I think even recent evidence. <sighs> by biographies and things for the fucking Game of Thrones show have shown... I read that, yeah, by the way. They've shown that I think I'm wrong, maybe, but I don't mm-hmm. believe that Stannis has to be the one to do it. And I don't believe it still. I believe that Stannis wouldn't, and I'm gonna hold on to... I really wish I had your resolve. I'm gonna hold on to it until I, until I read it. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. fine. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, unanswered questions. Yep. That's unanswered a great questions. way to end this. Why I picked this chapter in the yeah, first place. It's because, yeah, that's how these things are going to end, with unanswered questions. Uh, great chapter. Great so chapter. So much happens in this chapter. I forget sometimes that, like, the pink letter and John's death happen at the, in the same chapter. Like, I totally forgot they were the same yeah, chapter. He, until I read so it. Good. <laughs> I was like, ooh, even they're better. So it's got to be this one. Yeah. <laughs> they're so big, yeah. For the watch! For the watch. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, are we, are are we, we done? Sign off then? Yeah, this was great. Thank you, oh, Beth. Amazing. This was so much fun. I hope you had as good a time Thanks as for, we did. I did. Thanks for letting me on. <laughs> Finally. Oh. <laughs> it's it's past time. That, yeah. It's past time. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I've I've been very of the members of your like in your fandom. I've been fortunate because I've gotten to chat with you guys often. Yeah. Scad more often than you, Matt, but still like I mean in the panels and stuff that we've right. done, I've been lucky. Uh, and yeah. and I feel like I'm so. the one that's fortunate. And honored. Yeah, we're, you're oh, a well. you're a true friend. Um, you and I sit and rib each other all the time on Twitter and everything. But uh, you mean the world to me. I know you mean the world to Scad too. Definitely. Uh, can't imagine life without you. So, true friend. Ditto. Yep. Ditto. Absolutely. All right. Dildo. On that note, dildo. Um, dildo. That's what I said. That's what I thought. I, that actually um bring it to a higher level scad you're on the davos fingers podcast that's not how we, we have a standard I think what here I'm trying to tell you is that you need to lower yourself <laughs> she's there she's there uh so actually my segue is nice talking about friends um this is matt signing off reminding you that summer friends will melt away like summer snows but winter friends are friends forever which means that Canadians are. That's the best what I friends. was going to say. <laughs> Canadian yeah. friends are the ones that matter. <laughs> that was, of course, uh, Molly's mother who said that, I think, is the quote. <laughs> was that Molly? I think it was Molly. Yeah, it was Molly's yeah. mother. And I'm going to riff a little bit. Uh, my sign off is completely off the cuff. I watched, uh, I think it was a Vanity Fair uh, video production of Paul Rudd talking with oh, chris evans <laughs> matt's gonna talking have a with fun chris night later evans, <laughs> someone said paul rudd b word who i think you're a fan of <laughs> uh in which they were just talking it, it's it's a series where it's called actors on actors i think and oh um they were just two guys talking to each other as friends uh relishing in the community that they had uh, Paul Rudd specifically was asked about the fact that he was a part of Friends. He was a part of the Judd Apatow world, and he was mm -hmm. also a part of Avengers. Three very culturally kind of important uh, groups or, or segments, you know, of of people's brain share, and and his response was was very human. He just said it's flattering, you know. I'm I'm a small part of these big things that are culturally culturally relevant and resonant. I'm paraphrasing now, but this is what he was trying to convey, and that's what our fandom is. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a bunch of people 
contributing to something that is culturally resonant. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. That's my sign off. Me too. And B, the final word. Beth. Um, be like John and don't conform to what doesn't feel right for you. And pineapple belongs on pizza. <laughs> I have spoken. Awful. Beautiful, perfect, poignant. <laughs> thanks, Kalasar. We love you. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good night, B. Good night, thanks, Scad. Guys. Good night. Till next time. No, we're 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 we're, we're Mike twins. Hey, that's me. Mm-hmm. I think it looks like I, a. Justin asked me what mic I had years ago mm-hmm. when he got you that mic. Well, and... I bought it actually. But... Oh, you bought it. Mm-hmm. But it, it reminds me of a penis, so now I feel like I'm talking into a giant penis. Do you ever? No, I, I don't feel the need to do that. Um, but if you do, you go ahead. Sometimes I find myself. <laughs> do the, do the... I can uh, I can find other sources to do that too. <laughs> I probably enjoy it more. <laughs> Do the peni come with shield guards? No. Uh. <laughs> you got to buy those separate. <laughs> I have to buy this separate. See? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like uh, circumcised or uncircumcised. <laughs> or as we used Starting to call it, it back in the day, quality. a uh, Jedi Knight or a Stormtrooper. Back in the back day? In the day. <laughs> what, the days of war? What are we talking uh, like about? Like last week? I don't know. <laughs> do we want to do we want to continue with our video up or do we does it matter I, it might not matter i kind of do because i don't know you guys all that well i do better with facial facial recognition i have a two sips of kind of sometimes yes yes i do <laughs> yeah sorry it's, we both thought of it it's just <laughs> she knows us well enough the invitation was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an alley oop. We just and it was accepted. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that I think Scad, we're the anomaly. I think I think most people look at each other when they're podcasting. I think actually the first time we we recorded with Brooke, I think we did have video. Up. We might have, yeah. And I think actually it was Brooke that said like, ah, we don't need it, and. And I think we, we were noobs and we didn't know. Yeah. And we're like, well, for bandwidth reasons, maybe we shouldn't. Right. And then it's just been a habit ever since yep. then. You guys also. So much of what we do, Beth, is just habit. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> like, we don't stop just, to think, like, like, is this really the best thing to do? It's like, no, this is just this, what we do. This is just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We are both creatures of yeah. habit. And that's. But you guys also know each other so well. You take cues from each other so much that. You don't need to. You don't need to see each other necessarily. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just podcast business, real quick, Matt. Uh, a, I feel guilty because I've picked the episode titles two weeks in a row because I've been the one kind of prepping the outline. Oh, and I stuff. thought that Beth picked this episode. That's not the name. No, I've been, been picking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like to change I don't it? Care. It's fine. I'm at. I'm not asking. Actually, <laughs> fuck you, man. I'm asking her. Um, I because I I was under the impression that Beth was picking them. We talk a lot, Beth. Obviously, yeah. Speaking of those cues we were talking about, 
No, it's fine. Uh, I'm totally okay if you want to pick the if you want to pick it, Beth. If you got a better, if you got. I don't know. It's better. I would have picked only the cold. Ooh, and I that's like just, that. Because that's the last line. But and, and I'm Canadian, so like. <laughs> only the cold. I like that. The pink letter has different connotations, in my opinion. <laughs> We'll leave it there. <laughs> I, my imagination is just swirling. Right now. It's it's not the pink organ or. <laughs> Although right. when we were at Ice and FireCon, um, B, you gave me you gave us like a, a plastic coffee cup. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was the Timmy's uh, cup. Yeah, Tim's. Timmy Tim Horton's coffee cup. And mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to put water in one morning. And so I put water just in the coffee cup. And um, John, I met Dop John for the first time. And he knew that, that I'm Mormon, right? And Mormons don't drink coffee. And so oh, he I was like, that. he was like, oh, Thacker, you're a Jack Mormon. That means like you're like a fake <laughs> Mormon. He's like, you're drinking coffee. I know you don't drink coffee. <laughs> And I let him on for a while and pretended like it was coffee and just kind of looked at him and smiled as I took sips and everything. And then I told him it was water later, but it was. <laughs> I mean, it could be coffee, could be water, could be vodka. You never know what's in it those cups. It could be anything. That's why I like them. Anyways, <laughs> outtakes. Okay. Outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is this a good part for me to like stop and pee? I think it's a perfect time. I also could use <laughs> okay. this break to stop and pee. All right, get out of here, you two. Okay. Hey Matt, okay. you can rap. You can rap or something. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> okay. 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 Brb. You guys want to know what? Like my favorite. Um. The the song that got me into hip hop was Nas. And the song, this song was Thug's Mansion. I'm capable of anything. My imagination can give me wings to fly like doves over the streets, watching many things. Kids walking home from school on drug blocks, missionaries pass out papers that read love God. I see faces, cases, judges and jurors, masons, lawyers and cops. I watch because every thug is my rear. But this was one in particular. This kid, he was the vintage stick him up pro. 16 years old, did his jail sentence, nowhere to go. Every morning calls his comrade to come and get him to smoke. He insane, already gone mad. Blames himself for his setbacks. Regular street corner where he sets at sing from dusk to dawn detectives at like a maniac chasing them as it was flaming smoking like a chimney on remy of course he not caring he need a place to go to keep his mind expanding i give him a helping hand bring him out to thug's mansion huh? um, for the record justin just grabbed a piece of hawaiian pizza anyway oh, continue. so disappointed so it, disappointed not that <laughs> so it's hawaiian but when i saw your picture of pizza i was like i should order a pizza while i record but it's I like did. I'm gonna be recording. I can't <laughs> pizza. I can't yeah. go to the door and get it. So you know it what? It did I'm make me very yeah. hungry for pizza. Yeah. No, I feel that. We need yeah. to be more prepared, Scott. I know. I'm Matt. I'm gonna send you a pizza next time we record. Send each other pizzas. Do it right now. If I had his address, I would. But <laughs> I have. I can't yours. send pizza to Utah. But I don't. I don't think I have yours. I mean, I might somewhere. If I want. Why are we talking? Why? Are, I know. I know. Why are we talking about this? Hey, Kalisar, do you care whether Matt and I have each other's addresses? I bet you do. We've um, I'm disillusioned completely that you don't. So. We've been we've visited each other's homes, so we have our addresses somewhere. I just mean like, I'm not an organized person. I don't have a Rolodex of addresses. I don't like if I were to. Tr- Does anyone have a Rolodex of addresses? I'm old. Isn't okay, this that was a bad reference. But like, I don't. I don't keep. 
I don't keep things. If I need to find his address, I get it. I I would ask him again. (sighs) Right. And we live close enough to each other now that I just know where he lives. But yeah, I think actually I could probably turn here, turn there. Yeah, Yeah. I could probably find it if I needed to. I am glad the Kalasar got to listen to that. Good God, Matt, please cut it. (laughs) Can you ask, can you ask the question? Can you just start the whole section again? Yeah, start the, sorry, that was all my fault. I don't think we, we never really asked anything. I just brought up, I just jabbed her with the food thing. Oh, that's true. Um, (laughs) So we, so, okay. Another conversation you can edit out, but we watched the Rocketeer tonight. X-rated conversation. We watch the Rocketeer. We have Friday night movie night. Every Friday night, we watch a movie as a family together. And how we... was the Rocketeer? I've not seen that for years. Underwhelming. We watched that recently. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like it's it's okay. You know, but it, it wasn't great. But Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. is has been for a long time mm. one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, she's your gal. Yeah, she's she's been in my top five since I was eighteen or some or less. For real. And. Uh, She's amazing. She's obviously gorgeous, but she's an amazing actress as well. Um, and and I I I told I the boys were sitting like right there, but but uh, Eowyn and I are just kind of talking about the movie in general, and this movie happens to feature her her cleavage a lot, like more than you would think for a Disney film. Oh, and, fantastic and. And that's like put it on the watch list. <laughs> put it on the watch list. Eowyn, Eowyn is like, I remember that? I don't remember her being this busty. I'm like, well, I yeah, I feel like when she was younger, she was. And then I was like, I don't know how that makes any sense, but I still feel that way. And and then I'm like, I feel like the movie that really, you know, got me for her the 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 first time I and she looks over and she and she mouths the word masturbate. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> No, I feel like I, I, I fell for Jennifer Connelly was, was in career opportunities. And I feel like she very much was very busty in that film, too. Oh, Aon is a gem. She is a gem. She's great. I love her. And we, that's like that, that's a household conversation between that happens. Like, I've definitely had that conversation. The really? first time Justin masturbated? Like, yeah. Well, I was like, was that the you know and he's like you know as guys do actually yes yeah i'm gonna admit that to you right now (laughs) i don't know what you admitted because all you did was mumble oh well you know oh uh, yeah no i meant him saying oh yeah i'm going to admit that to you right now (laughs) i've never had that conversation so uh, put that on my list of things to talk about. There you go. Another thing. To it's really not. Down. It's really not that important that you do. Uh, how do we get here? Let's. You walk upstairs and be like, "Honey, I just have to tell you, the first thing I masturbated to was this." I don't remember the first thing I masturbated. I don't to. either. I really, I really do. It would be a, a really like uh, memorable time in your life, almost like. Well, I, I was. Deal. I do. It was like a sunny summer of like nineteen. No, I'm no idea. Right. Just... I mean, <laughs> I, I my story is very. I don't. I don't think I've shared. God, I hope I didn't share it on the podcast. <laughs> you have my attention. But I was. I was very. I was very <laughs> repressed, and I didn't figure that out until very, very late. Until after I had had experiences mm-hmm. of other kinds. I'll put it that way. Have you watched Sex Ed? No. Oh the my Netflix god, show? watch Sex Ed. 
Yes, yeah. it is sex education. It is so good. Really? And yeah, you might relate. You might yeah, relate. Maybe I should. It's so you should it's hilarious. And Gillian Anderson is incredible yeah. in it. And it's amazing. You should watch I'll, it. I'll check it out. For sure. <laughs> Do it. On the list. On the list. <sighs> Speaking of lists, Jennifer Connelly <clears throat> is like at the top for my <laughs> masturbation list. No, Good to know. She's, she's yeah. the president of your spank bank? No. But she has been in my top five for longer than anyone else, I think. I don't have one of those. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't do that. Everyone does, my friend. Everyone, everyone does. does. Can we just edit I'm out just the gonna last take a drink 25 right now? minutes? I am sitting here wondering, like, is this something I want to include? Because we, we've Beth, had this conversation you don't before understand. He he controls all of the outtakes. I, know. I have no I know. control. And so with, I listen. I'm like, oh, when I planned the Hawaiian that, pizza, that crossed my mind. What? So when I planned the Hawaiian pizza, that crossed my mind that Matt has all the power. Well, you, I give you the power most of the time. I my goal is to get Scott the edit in enough time that he could give it a listen if he wanted to, but. I know, but Sometimes what, what kind of crazy would I be if I was like, hey, man, go clean this up? That would be a, well, really, you, a real... I mean, you said that to me about my chapter summary, so... With weeks, <laughs> weeks in advance. You had plenty of time. Ooh. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you came to me and were like, Matt, I don't feel comfortable having that in there. I did take it. it out. I did it in the Mesa episode, but you'd already done it. I'd already taken it out, yeah. Because I... We kind of know each other by now. I, I know what would make him uncomfortable, and there's not much. But and usually you exploit yeah. it. <laughs> my, my big thing that I always think about now is not that my wife could listen to this, or not that like friends or people I go to church with will listen to this. My biggest thing is like, my kids might find this and listen to it one day. <laughs> oh, I hope they do when <laughs> that, I'm dead. That really is like in my mind at times. And I go, I hope they do when I'm dead. I really what are they going to think of my, my <laughs> old man doing this? But you know what? Like, you kind of, it humanizes you in a way that they wouldn't totally, have seen you. Totally. Right? Because they're all experiences that yeah. they would have been it's through true. by then. And I, it, want them to, I want them to hear that too. It's, yeah. it's, I want them to hear yeah. dad having fun with his friend and stuff like that. It's, yeah. yeah, it's one of the proudest things. Oh, friend, I got that. It was just, just singular. It wasn't. <laughs> well, now it's, now it's friends. <laughs> and then it was Brooke. friends. But it was friend for yeah, a couple <laughs> well, of years until a couple weeks yeah. ago. It's one of, I know we're cutting all this, but it's one of the proudest things I have about this podcast is that it's, it's, it really is just real. It's just yep. it's just people talking about things and not not really filtering much and it's it it feels very I I people probably disagree or it sounds cheesy or something but it's very pure to me you right. know like it's just us we get we get on we push record and frankly I usually forget anyone's gonna listen yep I'm not thinking too much about the people listening and when we're recording. And that's that's why we're here. That's why we're following you. And the more vodka that goes in, the less of a filter I have as well. Oh, so just keep <laughs> slamming that thing. That's not keep water. No, this is Holy water. Fuck. <laughs> this is number two. All right. Beautiful. Should we? St- I'm got my <laughs> Should we start back? Should Cheers, we start Matt. back again? As Garrett says. Shall we start back as as it yeah, all started? Start back. Love I would it. Bang Paul Same. Rudd so hard. What? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for undercutting my beautiful message of of 
I'll unity take it out. with that with banging Paul Rudd. No, it's I'll take fine. it out. I love it's so us. I love it. 